And now, introducing two men who have spent upwards of 10,000 hours studying the rosters of NFL franchises in preparation for the 2021 fantasy football season, an effort most assumed was an attempt to be an expert in their field, but they simply responded, quote, Malcolm Gladwell, I'm pretty sure he must be a free agent, unquote. While they were excited to be reunited in the studio, there was an underlying fear that the universe would somehow manifest not one but two spaghettio and milk pies for them to consume throughout the course of two hours, as the scent has still somehow lingered for more than a month. They are not Glenn Clark. Indeed. Uh, good morning. This is, well, it's still Glenn Clark Radio, or as I like to call it, Glenn Clarkless Radio on the days where he is absent. Uh, Glenn will be gone not just today, but for the following two weeks after that. So if you dislike me, I've got bad news. You're going to be having a lot of it. Uh, joining me today and for the next five shows after this is the always handsome Ken Zalis as he sits in uh, Glenn's seat and had his headphones on and was shocked at just how loud Glenn keeps his headphones as I think standing right next to speakers at concerts for 10 years probably uh, had some ill effects on Glenn. But KZ, uh, welcome to the studio again on a bit of a happier circumstance. We are not having to consume half of no, the disgusting we're pie. we're not. I can't even believe you brought it back up. It's a terrible memory. It's um, only right. I know. I know. No, it's good. It's good to be back in for a little while and get back into something besides just fantasy football. And right. 10,000 is probably a low number at this point. <laughs> yeah, um, I can't imagine. But, uh, no, it's fun. Good time to get caught back up. Uh, you know, we were talking – talking about a, a fun baseball game last night we got uh yeah, got wild. wimbledon on so it's just like glenn's here exactly you know although to be fair like i saw floating around he's talking about the padres instance where they were down i guess eight two and yeah. uh, some journeyman pitcher made his debut the other 28 night. year old left-handed pitcher 28 year old pitchers doing big things in the mlb this year the orioles guy got the win watkins spencer watkins or whatever it is yeah, yeah. but yeah. uh yeah he hits a grand slam to uh, off max scherzer, scherzer no less to bring the score to 8-6, the Padres go on to win that game. So if you are looking for reasons why sports are exciting and interesting, that is certainly uh, top of the list right now. Uh, we are in the Chesapeake Employers Insurance Studio here at PressBox. Uh, we got a fun show ahead. We will be talking about some fantasy football, believe it or not, considering Ken Zellis is, of course, PressBox's fantasy football expert. That'll be later on in the show, around 1140, a serious XM host, Kyle Elfrink. Will join us to discuss some of that, as well as our friend Eric Arditi is going to call in around 10.30 to talk about the Orioles with the draft coming up this weekend, as well as Trey Mancini's upcoming participation in the Home Run Derby, among other things. So looking forward to that. Also have some other texts and calls out waiting to see. Stan Charles will be joining us around 11 a.m. As Always good to talk to Stan. We'll get his opinion on just what he's hoping for from the Orioles come Sunday and in the days prior proceeding no following i don't know one of those words with the draft so uh looking forward to chat with stan who actually will be joining us or joining me uh the week after next as kz will be in for the five shows next week and stan will be in for the five shows after that before glenn's return but first and foremost today's show is brought to you by the fine folks at window nation and right now you can get 50 percent off all styles of windows plus no money down Make no payments and pay no interest for 24 months. You might be saying, how is that possible? That sounds utterly insane. Well, it's reality. That's 866-90-NATION or visit windownation.com and tell them Glenn Clark sent you for them to just look at you weird and say, who? But no, I'm just kidding. Tom Glenn Clark sent you. Window Nation, the perfect fit. So 
Did you watch the basketball game last night, Ken Zalas? Believe it or not, yeah. knowing I was going to be doing a these shows, show. yeah. I have watched a lot of sports, including the game last night. Um, first of all, for a guy that I didn't think was going to play at all in this oh, series, yeah. uh, Giannis was just incredible. Athletic, I mean, for what he – I mean, that injury was disgusting. Yeah, I, I mean, you thought he was done. You and, thought he was done for maybe next year. Yeah, I, I just – He's incredible. He needs help because yeah, that's always they. Kind of been the case. Well, but yeah, but you know when they played without him, like I was surprised how well they played without him. And well, Middleton played out of his mind. He did, and he was exactly the opposite last night. Um, the Suns actually made a, you know, business decision. We're going to let Giannis have his, and we're going to try to stop everyone else, which. Is one way to go. You either go one way or the other. You either double team all the time and make somebody else beat you, or you say, okay, you go up and put up 40, 50 points. We're going to make sure the rest of the team doesn't have as many. Um, but uh, Middleton was just awful, couldn't hit anything last night as good as he's been, and really the only reason they were in the finals was his heroics yep. uh, to begin with. And, um, you know, Holiday was, you know – I. It's really weird. It's like when when Giannis is in the game, Holiday has to kind of play off the ball more. It's not really his thing. Oh well, yeah, well, Giannis kind of has the ball in his right, hand, right. penetrates, tries to dish, and, and all of that. But but the the series doesn't start until for me uh, always the the, I know what you mean. the, the, the series on the road right or, until know. I mean it makes it makes game three a must win obviously Definitely. for the Bucks. But it's also you're at home and the, you know the series doesn't really you know, get that whole, okay, it's now a series type thing. It's either over or it's a series. If the Bucks win uh, game three, okay, and they hold serve, then we're probably looking at seven games. Um, it but it was, a, I, I was I was thoroughly, let's put it this way, there, sometimes NBA basketball is really tough to watch, okay, because it, the whistles and yeah. the – and. Uh, this game was fantastic. I don't think they called a foul until the middle of the first – the second quarter. Um and I know they didn't call a foul on Milwaukee until this late in the second quarter. Um, it was fun. It was up and down, uh, you know, wide open type basketball. If you enjoy that thing, type of type. I was thoroughly entertained by the well, game. It was definitely fast break basketball, right? right? Like, there's no yeah. doubt about that. You've got Chris Paul, who arguably the best facilitator in basketball in the last 20 years. Mm-hmm. Um, Giannis's style of play is. It, it really only works in a fast break sort of environment. I get he can get to the basket in a half court kind of way, right. but it's you know his skill set, despite being so rare, is still limited to an extent. His three point shot, three point shot one, isn't great. You're daring right. him to take it, right? You're daring him to take it. So you want him to take that. I feel like this this series is sort of it's a story of. The modern NBA, which is, I guess, the Suns, right? Space the floor, shoot threes, they hit 23s, fast break style play against the construction of the Bucks, which it is going to be a unique construction due to Giannis and how he plays, but they surround him with shooters who are streaky, right? Like, on one side you have the Suns with Devin Booker and Chris Paul, who are probably as consistent of presences as you'll find in a backcourt in the NBA right now. I mean, notwithstanding with the Warriors when they're healthy, but they are in each of their rights, great at what they do. And Devin Booker can score in his sleep. Chris Paul will find the open man at any time and will also hit open jump shots whenever he has. Whenever. 
So you're asking the Bucks to have multiple guys be hot around Giannis to keep up with the Suns. And they've had moments like Robin Brooke, Brooke Lopez. Brooke Lopez. Yeah, yeah, that one. Yeah. He was good in game one, but you're not going to count on him for hitting six threes. And it just feels like every time the Bucks are scraping back in and lowering the deficit to seven or eight or six, the Suns go right back and hit a three. And it was it never felt like it was really within reach. No, I, I, I agree with that. Um, I mean, that, that's very well said. But, you know, I look at I look at the. I look at the Suns, and and they are they're they're the modern team. But the guys, you know, they still have. If you need to play a tough inside game, they can do that. They got guys. I love. I've always well, liked Crowder, but I I've always no, liked right. Crowder. Crowder's he's an a, incredible three and D guy. Three, yeah, yeah. I mean, just just uh, you know, gets the re gets tough rebounds. You know, um, he kind of. I watched last night. And yeah, he was hot from three and, and stuff like that, but. You know, more so on the defensive end, his rebounding early on was really, you know, critical to that team because he gets he gets the ball out quick and and, and things like that. So, um, and then you look at their bench, and that's where I think the real advantage is. And guys like, you know, Johnson come off the bench and are able to hit three. And Bridges was terrific last night. Uh, they just have more pieces. And shame on the Bucks a little bit for not you know, taking advantage of what they have with, with Giannis and, and putting more pieces around them. Or It's an interesting, like, it's hard for Milwaukee to attract a high-level free agent, right? Like, But you, need, you don't need the high-level free agent. You need consistent three-point shooters. You need, you need, I hate to bring up his name, you need J.J. Redick on the Bucks. You need guys that can hang you. out from three, let Giannis draw a double team and kick the ball out, yep. uh, um, things like that. They don't have enough of those spot-up shooters. Because you, you just you saw it last night. Johnson, Crowder, and Bridges just sat in three-point land beyond the baseline and just waited for the kickout, and they were wide open every time. And granted, they have to hit their shots. Um, yes. He doesn't have Twitter, by the way. Figure that um, out. So, uh, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> But you know that, and Milwaukee just doesn't have those guys um, around them. And and you know, and I also look last night. You look at a guy like Bobby Portis, who's been playing out of his mind. He plays five minutes last night. Why? No, Budenholzer has not necessarily been impressive this I mean, playoffs. I mean, and despite I mean, the Bucks reaching the finals, and PJ Tucker like does nothing. It's been nothing. And I'm probably being a little too overcritical on yeah, not knowing exactly how the games go or what coaches can really do. But on one side, Monty Williams has really proven himself to be among probably the best tacticians in the NBA. On the other, Budenholzer's like been compared to the salesman from The Simpsons and how nervous he looks at all times. And it just seems like their plan is, well, Giannis, save us. And... Sometimes it works, but they can't keep up with the potency of an offense like the Suns, where they have just scorers and shooters all over the court. And then combine that with Aiton's presence inside, rebounding defensively. You had a bit of an off night offensively last night, but you didn't matter when you hit 23. Right, right. It doesn't matter. I mean, they have 
like credit to the Suns front office. Obviously, the Chris Paul signing or right. trade well, yeah, well, proved huge. to be the difference, but they have put a lot of talent on that team that in today's NBA is valuable. The three and D guys, mm-hmm. those wings who are versatile and absolutely can help out to try to stifle what the Bucks try to do, which is spreading the ball around three point line and make Giannis's life a little bit more difficult as he drives. There, you don't you don't want to say, oh, the Suns are the Suns in four, right? You don't really want to make no, that joke. No, no, but like, I, it wouldn't I, surprise you at all. It would it, it, it would not surprise me. Uh, maybe it'll surprise me a little bit. Maybe maybe a little bit. But I hear you. People I, I, say, oh, they're going to get one at home. Yeah, that's, thing, I, that's what I was thinking. What I was saying, oh, it wouldn't surprise. Oh, maybe it would. I, I think they get one at home. But you know, you you just it, it just shows you you know that they're two different styles, and and right now the new way is winning out. And that's just kind of, you know, this is kind of the reason why before the Trey Young injury, right, you were hoping for a Hawks Suns final, right. right? Like I'm not saying the Hawks would have been able to beat the Suns the way they're playing right now. I'm not right. sure many teams could, yeah, frankly, yeah. right? Like the Suns are playing very, very good, but the Hawks can score. The Hawks yes. could play a game that reaches the 130s, right? And right, right. in theory could stick around and hang around Absolutely. long enough to make it interesting. Whereas, like I said before, the Bucks just seem to be clawing, scraping and clawing to keep it close. And, you know, kudos for getting as far as they did. And like you mentioned, Giannis, to be playing at the level he's playing at after a week ago, it appeared as though his season next season could be over is incredible, and he's certainly giving everything he has. But it just feels sort of futile, and so... It does, it does. Glenn, congrats to Glenn and all the Suns fans out there who yeah. are uh, got to be feeling pretty good. Got to feel great. I mean, you, I, I just look I, I look at that the way they're constructed, and it's just like they, they just they just get it. And and they're... Look, they, they got off... The funny thing is, is, is that they're... They have so many shooters yeah. that... Paul and Booker, for the first ten minutes of the game, were not good. They were they, off. They both had like they both had the same amount of points in the first half as they each had in their third. Yeah, quarter. I mean they were they were they were just off. Yeah. But all of a sudden, well, Bridges was Bridges, a lot of Crowder, yeah. Johnson. You you just were able to kick pain. You you were able to kick balls yep. to guys who were able to make shots. And then you know, like good players do, you know, eventually Paul and Booker found their shot, and then you know it, it is what it is. And that's. It's unfortunate the way that – I don't know whether it's, you know, tough. Like, when they extended Chris Middleton initially, I think a lot of people looked at it as Chris Middleton got a max contract. Wow, that's the kind of – and he's a really good player. He's a really good player. I am not taking away no, from no, how no, good no, of a no. player Chris Middleton is, but he is still not top 15 type, right? Like, no. But he's capable of playing like that, but they need him to play like that if they're going to be right. at all sniffing – yeah, I, I just win. I just think they they're missing a couple of pieces that 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 you know hopefully I like Drew Holiday I do but he's I, I like Holiday too but but he's he's a top twelve point guard in the league they have a lot of guys are fringe that are good to very good defender. players no doubt good to very good players who you know in the regular season they're going to be a perpetual fifty six plus win oh, yeah, team yeah. right by by just closing your eyes and throwing the ball out there but it seems you like don't have to coach that team at this point right here now. their flaws become amplified and yes. 
it just feels like there's not a lot of hope for them to even take this series to six. Yeah, I, I would I would agree with that right now, the way the way it's going and, and, and things like that. They you Giannis needs one guy to at least one to to help him out offensively. And, and I remember when we were when Giannis was staking claimed, when it was MVP season going on and I was I was optimistic about their chances. I thought that with their assortment of talent, there wasn't any, you know, wow factor necessarily there, but there were enough guys who can shoot that when they space the floor and the way that Giannis plays, if you have to condense in the paint to try to stop him from getting to the basket, that like the odds would suggest that a couple of them should be hot enough to make yeah. these three pointers. But Connaughton had his moments last night, but it still it just seems yeah, I mean, but he's the Hollow. type. But he's the guy, and then they, they have, and I can't remember his name right now. They have a three-point specialist that that plays not enough. Number seven or whatever his whatever. name is. Whatever I, I can't I remember. His his, I'll look it up in a in a second and get it. But you know, he's a he's a he's a three-point shooter. Um, to me, he's the he's a guy that needs to be on the court to spread the court a little bit more. Yeah, but... I, I, I get it, but, you know, who do you take off? And what are you sacrificing? You, you're, you're sacrificing Lopez. Uh, Forbes is the is yeah. the guy. I well, mean, if you're taking I, Lopez off, I mean, Aiton's going to just eat you alive unless uh, you're putting... I, yeah, like, there's... The Suns have advantages offensively where it's not exactly... You're not going to have a perfect matchup. I don't know exactly. They had Giannis... Trying like to deny. I remember in the Hawks series, they had Giannis trying to deny Trey Young the ball at certain points. But you're putting so much on Giannis to try to be perfect on both ends when he's, I mean, coming off of a hyperextended knee. Yeah. It's oh, just, and I, I agree. Yeah. I, I mean, I totally agree with that. But it, it's at some point you have to you have to spread them out a little bit and put put some more firepower otherwise you're you're just Bryce was the Bryce kid right just talking about he was on the court a good bit in game 1 and he played 5 minutes last night he played 5 but he didn't play great in game he hit a 3 i remember he he, he, tried he bricked to drive the ball he bricked the ball the ball came right back to him and he hit the 3 like you can acknowledge that this is inferior talent on yes. the bucks and yes. so the I idea mean, was, of asking them to do more is likely to be but he was one be, for 3 I hear you. Look, I hear you. There's Portis I don't was know. Great. Portis, Portis won them a game. Great. He Portis, played four minutes. Yeah, that that I think is slightly inexcusable. And granted, he's not the most athletic. So if you're talking about a fast break game where the Suns are running up and down, like in theory, he could be a bit of a liability. But offensively, they needed more firepower. Yeah. So, look, two zero lead for the Suns. They go to Milwaukee, and I think I would be I would be more confident betting on a sweep than I would be this game. This series reaching six. Yeah. Uh, yes. Yeah. Yeah. It's just it's like you say. It's just a matchup problem. And wh- which way do you go? And and yeah, I I would agree with that. Uh, six versus versus a sweep. I'd probably go the sweep way. And um, you know, uh, it's a shame as an NBA as, as a fan of basketball, you want to see the down go, to the wire. Right. But like, wanna... look, I was watching till like three three minutes left, and it like it just really it was incredible how the Suns just didn't let it get that no. close. Nope. Whenever there seemed to be a swing, whenever there felt like maybe this was the time Milwaukee was going to scrape back in, it just just yeah. book, Booker and yeah. and Paul just you know say okay we're not doing that yep. today, and that will probably prove to be the difference. I mean, probably. 
Booker, Paul, Aiton, that trio, and you could raise the question of some people float around. Oh, is this a new dynasty? Is this going to be the field? Like, and uh, who knows? Yeah, but yeah, it's hard to think. Just because somebody wins a championship doesn't mean it's a dynasty. Well, it'll probably come down to how long Chris Paul can keep playing at a level like this to an extent. And obviously, when the Lakers are fully healthy, good luck, and all that, there's a lot of good teams out in the West. Yes, and West is a tough place right now. This playoffs has been as much a story about who hasn't played as it has been about who has, but mm-hmm. the Suns have taken advantage of that and are going to be a fixture near yes. the top of the West for what appears to be a some time moving forward. Yeah. So congratulations to Phoenix. It's not over yet, obviously, but as of now, they are very much in control. Uh, I believe game three is Sunday night as they will have an extended rest period to uh, either you know get healthier or who knows. Sunday? Jeez. Yeah, it's going to be a little while. So the Orioles did not play last night. I know we were all heartbroken. Um, there's going to be a doubleheader on September they, 11th. I thought they could have got it. It really didn't rain at my house. It didn't rain a whole lot. <laughs> I don't really know. When they, ca- when they canceled it, I'm like, okay, I know there's a storm coming, but it, it is it really supposed to be that bad here? Yeah, no, I didn't think it was all that crazy. Um, now, it may. I thought it rained heavy overnight a little bit, but I, I it was weird to me because it like I seven to nine at my house, and I don't I live like. I'm downtown. Eight minutes, yeah. I was like eight minutes from downtown, and I'm like, really. Uh, my brother and I walked down yeah. to the liquor store and uh, the bodega yeah, really. to get some like little items. I did some cooking. Kyle in the kitchen, of course, will yeah. be later this morning. Um, it was pleasant. It didn't yeah. feel like yeah. rain was, it was really a little that weird. A little weird. Much of a factor. It's for all the before. times they've sat out there for hours in the rain waiting for it to pass, and this one, it's like, what? Because I was I was doing a uh, I, I had you know, a bunch of people playing in that game in a, in a DFS lineup. And all of a sudden I was like, got this alert. It was like out, out, out. I was like, what, what? I was like, why, why are, why are the Blue Jays not playing all of their stars? And then I'm like, the game's canceled. Why? Why? Look, I mean, it's not as if it would have been the thing that everybody was dialed in on and that the sports world was watching and waiting for. But but now you have to play a doubleheader in September. I, I just, I get it. I mean, I guess doubleheader in September. Maybe some of the younger kids are up. And are you to the point now with the Orioles where you are? Maybe not rooting, but have it yes. accepted that it's better that they lose. I've been since day one pissed off that they win games. Okay. Okay. Because they see here's 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 the thing. The shortened season. This is what they did. They tried to win games, and mm-hmm. I I understand your major leaguers. You can't tell them not to try. Sure. Okay. Although the Diamondbacks might be getting there. Who the knows? Diamondbacks are flat out, and I couldn't even tell you for next year who the top guys are, but I I could have told you this year the draft coming up on Sunday. Yeah. That later was one of the top two guys, and could be could be a top one or two guy in your rotation to add to the guys that we think are coming mm-hmm. in, in Grayson and DL, you know, among others. Uh, so I was upset last year. I'm even more upset this year that that they're, they're now well, they've won, four like, or what, five. 28 games? Yeah, it's, it's, like, it's like. It's and, not like they're and, world beaters, but I understand And I don't saying. understand Oriole fans. I don't. I'm sorry. Um, I, as I've told Colin Glenn, I've reached the get off my lawn status of my life. Sure. I don't understand Oriole fans. There is no reason to want them to win. You should be rooting for individual guys. It's great that Mullins 
is is showing some promise. It's great when we see Montcastle and McKenna, and we, and the Trey Mancini story is a completely sure. separate thing. It's great though. It's great to see John Means when he's healthy. You know, pitch well. Maybe they can trade him for something else. But I complaining that the Orioles aren't competitive and complaining that they're losing and complaining they're not putting out a major league roster right now. That's the point, folks. You lost a year. Mm-hmm. You lose a year, it's like losing two almost in the in this in this you know, in this build, the rebuild. I don't know what the year is. Maybe it's next year, maybe it's the year after that that I want to start to see some progress. It really depends on when they decide as an organization that they're gonna start the clock on some of these young guys. Well, Adley Rutschman yeah, well yes. Rutschman and, and well, the that's pitchers. When the clock, it's, the, it's the pitchers to me. I, I mean, get it, but it's not but it's it's, you know, they're they're going to be in lockstep, right? It's not going to be too far apart. It's not. It's not. Well, when are you going to? When are you going to get a a real shortstop, a real third, a real infield number one? Because thir- third, short, and second. Sorry, mm-hmm. you know, uh, it it doesn't work. I don't even know the names of these guys half the time. Okay, your outfield looks good. If Hayes can ever stay healthy, I like what I see from him when he when he's healthy, but he's never healthy. Sure, you know DJ Stewart, he can go away. I didn't like it when they picked him. I mean, there's only one guy in the outfield right now that you're pretty confident is going to be a part of all of this, and that's Mullins. And even Correct. still, you are and that's a, you look, have to be a little trepidatious due to the fact that it's been an absolute unbelievable season that followed nothing but struggles and so there's been changes made and he, look if I am, he can do it for the second half I'm perfectly comfortable and that's a huge having your leadoff hitter and center fielder is a huge piece no I doubt. mean I mean you you well he's even more than that I mean he's a hitter that would be a two I mean he's right I know, proving himself to be a potential 30 30 type guy and he is but but to me the Orioles have struggled for a decade finding a leadoff guy just keep him there and be, have that solved you 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 have your catcher of the future you know you like to be strong up the middle you got to find a shortstop or, or or second baseman I hope um in the draft and when we talk draft we'll, we'll get into that there are a lot of good young high school shortstops at there the are. top part of this draft um I, I've heard all the what what's the term low tier whatever under slot, under slot yeah. rumors and stuff like that and if they take the one kid I think he's from Boston College. Sal Freelich. Uh, he's he he's not the guy. Don't like him. <laughs> well, nobody. You don't know that either. No, he's not part. the guy. He's not the guy. He's not even the. Look, he's not even the best college outfield prospect. Colton Kowser is a lot of people like a lot that as well. Better. Look, yes, that's the. A lot of people think that. A lot of, but but ultimately. Yeah, I I know we don't know. Right. I I. If I understand, if Mike we Elias don't know. and company have done their research and yes. talked to these kids and determined. I don't. Okay, for there's me, a question obviously of ceiling and floor. I, 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 this, right? I, I, there always is. There always is, and 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 high school players are always a a, mm-hmm. a, a dart. Yeah. You know, because you're you're projecting four years from now what they're really going to be. But you know, you look at some of the the tools that some of these guys have, and you know, I I, I get that that is it Freilich? Freelich. Freelich. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, I'm not counting on you to be the pronunciation <laughs> guy. Don't worry. Uh, and and Kowser. You know, I look at Kowser as more of a complete guy with a little bit less speed. Mm-hmm. Um, but I look at Major League Baseball, and Major League Baseball isn't played with speed anymore. Yeah. So, you know, it's not like the Orioles are stealing bases. Even, you. you know, so it's like give me the guy that potentially could be the better power guy, a little bit less speed, but a better arm, better defender. Um, if it comes down to 
Like both guys are on the board. Well, both of them will be available at five. There's no oh, yes, doubt about yeah, they'll that. be available. Now, the guy that I didn't think would be available that I'm starting to see that could be available is Rocker. Well, he was the conventional I thought he thought was going was, top three. In the last year, he would have been the pencil yeah. at number one. Right. But there's been yeah. you know, questions about his velocity, about you know, some certain things. in the armor, yeah. So it's sort of, he'll like, I mean, he's going to be there at five, it seems. Now yeah. it's a matter of whether the Orioles are going to be interested in a college pitcher who's not lighter or if that's something, the route they want to go. They've liked to do college bats and then high school arms and all that underslot game. I, I, so I get underslot. I but, but to me, the under, and, and we'll get into this, and, and you know, the, the underslot to me is is rolling the dice. It's great to go underslot if you find somebody later that mm-hmm. is available to draft. Well, there normally are. I mean, with 20 rounds, yes, there's going to be understand. guys that have signability questions who people right. have assumed are not going to be available. Right. So if the Orioles save enough money, then they'll, you know, then it, they'll do it. yeah. it's that sort of game. And I'm, I can't pretend as though I know better than Elias. And oh, company. I don't I either. I will defer to them as far it's as still their a, scouting. It's still a, a risk. But yes, it's, if you're sitting and staring in the face somebody who is clear-cut, the yeah. better talent, yeah. and you say we're going to spend less, then it's hard for Royals fans to not be a little pessimistic about something like that. Especially when they've done it in the past. Yeah, well, look, and the Heston Kerstad thing is an awkward situation. We can't criticize them for it because they could have never predicted how this went. Now, well, but not this regime, but other regimes yes. that took. And I think we have to separate that. We do, we do. But but Oriole fans have a tough time separating that. Understandable. And I'm not even <laughs> to the. I'm not even going to tell them that they they should. I'm not telling them they should be wrong. That I they mean, should be like discounting that possibility that the Orioles yeah. are still just going to be cheap to be cheap. So yeah, all of that's a factor. Yeah. We'll talk about the draft a little bit more on the other side of this break with Eric Arditi as he'll join us. Uh, today's show also brought to you by C3 American Exteriors. Call C3 American Exteriors to get roof and siding repairs for the cost of your home insurance deductible. Do not let the insurance industry get one over on you. Call C3 at 410-401-9797 or go to C3America.com for a free analysis. As I said, on the other side of this, Barstool Sports is Eric Arditi. This is Glenn Clark Radio from the Chesapeake Employers Insurance Studio here at PressBox. We'll be right back. Sports and Social Maryland is bringing the ultimate UFC fight night experience to you at Live Casino and Hotel. Watch Dustin Poirier take on the former champion, Conor McGregor, and get the ringside feeling with our state-of-the-art AV system and stadium seating. They take sports viewing to the next level with a massive 100-foot media wall, 47-foot big screen, 40 HD TVs, extensive beer selection, big eats, in-venue gaming, bowling, and more. They're raising the sports bar at Sports and Social Maryland. Come see for yourself. Tickets now on sale for UFC 264 at sportssocialmd.com. That's sportssocialmd.com. Must be 21. Please play responsibly. For help, visit mdgamblinghelp.org or call 1-800-GAMBLER. Here it Watch out! For the first time, the PGA Tour's FedEx Cup Playoffs is coming to Maryland. The top 70 players in the world converged on Kays Valley Golf Club for the 2021 BMW Championship, August 24th through 29th, 2021. Baltimore's iconic and challenging course provides the perfect test as the playoffs heat up. Tickets are now available. Don't miss your chance to watch the drama unfold. Visit BMWChampionship.com today. 
Hey everybody, this is Chris Ruling from Great Eights Memorabilia, and we want to invite you out to Jimmy's Famous Seafood on Sunday, July 25th. We will be there for the Casey Cares Return to Training Camp Crab Feast with Baltimore Raven linebacker Ty Bowser. Tickets are on sale now at GreatEightsMemorabilia.com. That's Great, the number eight, letter S, Memorabilia.com. And remember, you always have a chance to be great. Redefine your skills, inspire change, and make a difference. The Army offers the new generation of youth the ability to be part of something bigger than themselves, while also improving who they will become individually. Soldiers have the ability to impact the world in many different ways. The Army supports humanitarian missions ranging from the COVID-19 response to natural and man-made disasters. Visit GoArmy.com forward slash Baltimore. The journey begins on remote mountain farms and plantations in the lush tropical regions of countries like Colombia and Brazil, where the best coffee beans are grown. The beans are harvested by hand, carefully sorted, bagged, shipped, and finally roasted. And the journey ends as your cup of rich, flavorful Royal Farms coffee, the freshest and best coffee in the world. Real fresh, real fast. Royal Farms. Hi, it's Glenn Clark for Window Nation. When it comes to cost and quality, Window Nation has you covered, saving you thousands more on your windows compared to national brands while providing the same, if not better, quality. Want detail? Window Nation measures each window three times to ensure proper fit. And after they install your new windows, they leave your home cleaner than it was before. Get 50% off every style window plus put no money down make no payments and pay no interest for 24 months 866-90-NATION or visit windownation.com tell them glenn clark sent you window nation the perfect fit the latest edition of press box is available now on the cover thomas kenzora profiles university of maryland quarterback talia tongavailoa and his chance to deliver the terps to big 10 prominence this year also inside bo smolka breaks down the ravens offensive line a look at coppin state's olympic connection and much more press box is available for free at over 500 area locations including 60 royal farm stores and you can always find the entire edition as well as the best daily coverage of the orioles ravens and terps at PressBoxOnline.com. You are out. You are listening to Glenn Clark Radio at GlennClarkRadio.com. All right, we are back here. Glenn Clark Radio. Glenn Clark Radio is brought to you by Mobile One. Mobile One full synthetic motor oil helps extend engine life. Visit your local Jiffy Lube service center and ask for Mobile One. Uh, looking to make our connection with Eric Arditi here in a minute. Hopefully he hasn't just completely forgotten. Or I know he's at the beach. Maybe he's just... Absolutely hungover, but we'll see. Uh, he was going to join us to talk a little bit about what they're doing Monday at Jimmy's Seafood, as I know they're having a little bit of an event to celebrate Trey Mancini's home run derby participation. But speaking of Jimmy's, coming up Sunday, July 25th, celebrate the return to training camp with a crab feast featuring Baltimore edge rusher Tyus Bowser at Jimmy's Famous Seafood. For only $108, you get a VIP ticket to get you the crab feast with Maryland steam crabs, a buffet of Jimmy's seafood favorites, an open bar, and your VIP meet and greet and autograph opportunity with Tyus Bowser. All of that for only $108. This event also benefits Casey Cares and cannot be missed. So get your tickets now by going to GreatEightsMemorabilia.com. That's the number eight, GreatEightsMemorabilia.com. So, as Stan 
pointed out on Eric is now getting back to me, and of course I got to do multitask here. As Stan pointed out to me, our friend Drew Forrester shot an 81 in his first day at the U.S. Senior Open yesterday, which is far better than anything I could ever dream of doing. Which is, you know, it's pretty incredible to think that he's participating against some of these guys. He's on uh, the course again this morning already. He's uh, he just uh, teed off. Um, He's starting on the back nine. Okay. On round two, so it'll start on the tenth hole. Is he going to be on TV this time? Are we going to get to see Drew Forrester? I don't, I don't think so because I, I don't think so. They don't start until noon, so and that's when some of the bigger players are okay. are teeing off. He'll probably be halfway through his round by then, and um, nothing against Drew because it's one of the cooler things that 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 has totally. happened. Um, very very cool. Um. But I don't think his group will be one of the feature groups yeah, that they're no, showing. Don't. They don't have as um, much interest as maybe you know, the Bernard unless, Langers unless and uh, he, uh, the Chief Goosens. Unless he holes out for like an eagle right. on a par four. I, I don't know. Well, hopefully but, uh, uh, he plays. I want, to see him, I want to see him birdie a hole today. Definitely. You know? For not only for his sake, but for the but helping just, out mission yeah, thing that we're doing yeah, with the radio. But yes, no. Definitely a surreal thing for him and all of us to yeah. see a guy that we've talked to every week for seven years. Uh, participate God, in an event like this, you know? How long have I been talking to him? Since 03. Yeah, right? I know you guys went back to yeah, like, the, the old radio, old radio station. station. Doesn't, doesn't exist, exist as we right. say. Uh, joining us right now, our friend from uh, Barstool Sports. It is Eric Arditi. You know him as Barstool RDT on Twitter. And he joins us now here on Glenn Clark Radio. Eric, what's going on? It's Kyle here with KZ. How are you, man? I'm sitting at the beach yesterday watching the the. Uh, I'm trying to find Drew on TV, and I was disappointed I couldn't find him. <laughs> you would think that they would just be giving all the airtime to somebody who clearly drives the interest for this event, right? Like, what are That's they thinking? That's what I thought. I mean, I'm giving them all the ratings here from Dewey Beach, so I, I figured that you know they could at least put them on TV for me. You know, at least a hole or two. I watched a little bit of it yesterday just to kind of get a sense of like what the golf course looked right, like right. that he'd be playing on. Not that I really know anything about golf or what golf courses play like but uh you know it was still just neat knowing that like you know he was going to be teeing off at all these holes also right, right. and there was one guy that kind of looked a little bit like drew wasn't there he was uh one of the former pros i don't know his name it was, but i thought it, it was like neat just knowing that that he's somewhere eating a hot dog on the court totally maybe it was hitting up his sleeve i know you're and i think you should leave fans. <laughs> i got a i got a kick of watching um his facebook feed and seeing some of the live posts that were were up on, on a couple of the holes i don't know if they're really allowed to do that but, <laughs> yeah, sure. but uh <laughs> but they're doing it um you know it, it was kind of it was kind of cool to watch him and um on a couple of the holes and uh he just teed off so you know wishing him luck definitely. today as well definitely so eric joins us here now and of course this is the last show we'll be doing before the orioles have added another first round pick to the fold they will be picking fifth overall this draft, I feel like more than others in recent years, is sort of just replete with uncertainty as to who's going where, who will be available on the board, and all of that. We still don't even really know what the Orioles want to do, whether it's underslot, whether they have a guy they have in mind that they're hoping's there at, at the value that they currently pick at. But um, I guess first things first, let's say we would like to ask this question in this manner. Let's say you're Mike Elias. What are you hoping happens at the fifth overall pick? Obviously, picks one through four have gone by. Who is the guy or who are the guys that you are running to the podium to submit your pick? I mean, assuming, look, Jack Leiter is not going to be there because he's obviously 1A for everybody. I mean, 
it's kind of tough because, because like you said, this year the, the draft it, there isn't that straight up. I know at this point last year, I think everyone was Kumar Rocker, and then at the beginning of the year, you know, a couple weeks in baseball, college baseball season, it was all oh, well Jack Leiter now, yeah. and like you said, you know, it seems like the Jack Leiter to Boston that 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 if that if that doesn't happen, I'll kind of be surprised. Because well, he might go like as that, early as two to Texas. That's what people he, are talking about. He could, about. yeah, he, he very well could. Um, I don't. I mean, I'm. If if Kumar Rocker is there, or for some for whatever reason, Lighter is still there. I know it's chalk, and it's not, you know I, I would go with them. I, I we talked about it on the podcast the other night, where if you add Kumar or or you know I, I'm not even considering Jack Lighter really, but if you had Kumar, I mean that's already what a top five six pitching prospect in in the minors probably. He can be up pretty soon, and then you trot out. I mean him standing next to Grayson Rodriguez would be fantastic to see just from like a size thing. Like that would yeah. be the most intimidating one to starters in a couple of years, I, I would hope. But um, yeah, I don't. I mean, that 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 would honest, honestly be my my dream right there. And I know that doesn't sound like that's what they're going to do. It does sound like they're going to go under slot, which doesn't really get the uh, the people fired up like like you know like they want to be. But yeah, I I would go if if I'm Michael Elias and Kumar is there, I'm I'm sprinting to the phone to call that in. So speaking for the people, because I, I, I consider myself more of a people now than a, than a radio host these days. Mm-hmm. Um, if Kumar's there and they bypass him and go under slot, I'm going to be pissed off. And I, that's the it's the only way, you know, uh, Eric, you know, I'm, a, I'm more of a football guy than a baseball guy. But when it comes down to drafts, I think drafts are, are, are drafts are drafts no matter what um, no matter what sport you're in. You take the best player available. Uh, when you're when you're picking this high, because the hope is that you're not picking this high for this many years in a row, and they have to get better. And you have a pitching prospect like Rocker, who maybe if he came out last year was the number one overall pitching prospect, and maybe by coming back he hurt his stock a little bit. But I'm willing to roll the dice there to go under slide and and some of the rumors of some of these uh, college outfield bats that are like, you know, okay, they've gone that route in the past and haven't really had great results with it. I'm going to be upset not only as an Oriole fan, but it's like, what are, what are, what are we doing? Are we still in this? It comes back to, are we still trying to save money? Are we still penny pinching? When are you going to actually try to be good? Yeah, I, I think people will be be upset too because again, Kumar Rocker is a name that casual college baseball fans or just MLB fans who follow mm-hmm. the draft a little bit. That's someone that they know. So if he's there and and he doesn't get picked, it's gonna be your, like you said. You're gonna hear the oh, you know, the Orioles are cheap. There goes it. You know, the Angels family still super cheap, and they're going under slot. And, and again, like you said if they take a college bat or if they take one of these catchers or you know the high school shortstop, someone like that. That's that's all you're gonna hear is like, well, there they they go again, push the rebuild back another year. They're not trying to win. So I, I'm with you. I mean, I would be if he's sitting there, you know, right for the picking, and 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 he doesn't get taken. I, I'll I'll be right there with you. Um, but I do think a lot of people are gonna be. Pre- I think they're gonna be pretty upset because again, you just type his name into YouTube and you see this just huge imposing pitcher. Sure. Yeah. And you're like, you know, that's what we want. That's that's an AL East pitcher. That's that's what we need. So I, you, I definitely think that people would be upset. Where do you fall on the? I guess some people might have a little bit of underlying fear about Rocker because this is a kid who, you know, if he came out after his freshman year at Vanderbilt, would have probably been a top five pick guaranteed. 
After last year, of course, he was talked about as top two, top three type R, maybe number one. But it seems like when he was sitting 96, 97 before, he's now throwing 93. And are you at all concerned about the drop in velocity? Do you think that might be a lot of the reason that he is now talked about as being maybe a five through seven type pick? Yeah, it, it, I mean, it, it may be. I definitely think it's something you got to keep an eye on. Um, I mean, the most intriguing thing to me is just seeing what the, you know, the, the, the pitching staff and all the, 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 the coaches have done down in the minors with guys like Grayson mm-hmm. and, and, you know, what they've done with guys like Cody Sedlock, kind of gotten him back on track, and some of their other pitching prospects. I'm kind of – not that you want your pick at number five to be a project. You know, you'd rather save those for, for later rounds. Right. Um, but I'm kind of intrigued at the thought of the, the pitching staff or, the, you know, the coaching staff down in Bowie or, or Aberdeen or wherever it is um, – eventually getting to work with him and, you know, maybe get it, you know, doing something with his delivery or, you know, and maybe finding that, that um, maybe we find that, that velocity again and, and he gets it yeah. back. Um, but like you said, I, it's definitely something to keep an eye on. And I mean, you know, we, we, we've kind of seen that stuff before and um, it's not great when your velocity drops a couple miles sure. an hour over, over a year or two. So then there's, this is kind of a macro type of question. <laughs> Are you, confident that this organization will do what is necessary to extend the window, right? Like we talk about the window being tied to Adley Rutschman and once his service clock starts, that's when, you know, the countdown sort of begins for when they have a chance to really capitalize on what they're trying to do here. But obviously that can be negated by proactive moves that we see teams like the Rays make where they extend arbitration years and you know what we've heard them say they are willing to do which is spend when the time is right to spend knowing what we know about the front office with the Orioles the organization as a whole do you believe them I I do and and it's mostly because as we know it's not Peter at the helm anymore Mm -hmm. the name is still there Mm -hmm. but with the Suns I mean, I, I think I think you factor in, like you said, the way, the way that they've been drafting and kind of this, you know, they, they need to go best position available, but best player available, whatever it is. Um, and then, like you said, I mean, when, that, when Adley comes up, like you said, that's when that stopwatch, that's when it starts. Um, and I think they are going to do the right things when, when you know, we, we get there. And I don't know if it means, you know, like you said, buying out the arbitration years and stuff like that, or if it's something just as simple as, like, Getting dipping your toes into the international market, which they said they've done. Sure, we've seen that that massive complex they're building down there. Sure. I, you know, I think that's going to be a big thing, and and hopefully, things you know the the wheels start moving on that, and and we kind of see start seeing some results from that soon, and this and the signing classes and stuff like that. But I, I mean, I don't, I don't know, because again, it it is kind of it would be easy to put the blame on like oh same old Orioles, they're not going to do anything, you know, and and. You see every comment. Well, Adley's going to be in pinstripes or Boston or LA in four years, so it doesn't matter. Um, but I do. I mean, I, I have all the trust in Elias. Like you said, he hasn't done anything, and, and that whole regime. They haven't really done anything that's made me scratch my head quite yet. And and until they start making a couple bonehead moves, then I, I think we got to, you know, we just have to put our trust in them. So let's say, for argument, that they do go under slot. Who are they looking at? Do you think? to go under slot something um you know we we've heard some of the college outfielders uh 
I'm a big fan of Matt McLean, the shortstop out of UCLA. I thought, you know, they, they need to stockpile middle infielders um, as much as possible, so he kind of fits that bill. Is is there a guy, if you're, again, you're, you've just been promoted, in, you know, to Elias, that you're looking at if if you're not going in the direction of a rocker or he's not available? What's the name? It's, it's escaping me. What's the name of the high school shortstop? Is it Brady House? He's well. There's a there's a bunch well. Of, there's a bunch of them. There's Brady Lawler, House, Watson, Khalil Watson, House, yeah, Jordan Lawler. There's Meyer, who people assume is maybe going to be number one. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's hard to think. Also, that those those guys are going to be the underslot guys. You know. Yeah, yeah, that's true. If they do, if they go, I mean, I don't know. It it's tough because I, I again I haven't really I I haven't really dove into this this draft like I normally would have when it, when it was the Adley you know two years ago and. Sure. And what I thought was going to be Austin Martin last year, um, and that's when right. we saw that that underside curveball. I don't know because I mean I've seen the you know the like you said the college bats you know get mentioned the the college catchers seem to be mentioned and that gets everyone up in a tizzy. Where <laughs> again this is when the the Baltimore folks fall back into football and say why would we draft the catcher we already have yeah. a catcher and they don't understand that you can simply move them to another position mostly. Um, but yeah, again I. I don't have any real number one like name that sticks out, um, which is again kind of like Kerstad last year, which I had heard the name and wasn't like too. I, I you know I didn't do too much homework on him because I didn't think it would happen, but <laughs> lo and behold, it did. Um, and again, I'm sure if if they do go under slot, which I think they will too, I don't see any reason. I mean, I I don't I haven't seen anything that says that they're not going to go under slot, and and I mean it just it seems to fit the bill, so I, I think they will go under slot. But I don't know. There, there's not one guy that I can like put my put my stamp on saying this is the guy I want or this is the guy I think they're going to take. Based on some conversations that we've had with various draft experts, there seems to be a sort of coalescence around the idea that Colton Kowser is the safest of the college bats, the one that perhaps would be most similar to the Kerstad situation last year. Mm -hmm. um, I think it was Eric Langenhagen from Fangraphs who said he has um, Kowser as the top college bat in general over Henry Davis um so who knows right who who really knows what's going to happen here could there be a couple names where due to the uncertainty for how one through five or not one through four goes that if they're available at five the Orioles jump at the opportunity whether it be a Khalil Watson or a Brady House it remains to be seen. I think that's part of what makes this so interesting and so discussion-worthy is that it seems like there are a lot of possibilities. But, no, I hear what you're saying. Like, the underslot thing, while perhaps underwhelming, is still seems most likely. You just hope it, it, it's not in a penny-pinching way and it's more in a adding as much talent and, as they and, can to and the you organization. Don't know. And yeah. you don't know until, like, three days later what, whether they did it the right way or not. Exactly. Yeah. And, and we, I mean, like I said, we talked about it the other night and we said, it's kind of like the underslot thing. It's kind of like the Ravens drafting down where it's not the sexy move, but you know, it, it, it tends to, you, you think that it, they're doing it for the best for the, for the franchise. Mm -hmm. And like you said, with their, their draft last year, I mean, we've already seen some of the guys they were able to get with saving money by picking curse that is, is, you know, it seemed like it was a win. And I, I know baseball drafts are the biggest crap shoot out of all of them where you don't know until, five, six years down the road, but it, sure. it seems like, like it was the, the right move. And again, I also feel like at five, it's easier to do an underslot pick and not have it be criticized and, and, you know, people ragging about it. Because again, at two, at number two overall pick, you want that sexy pick. You want that, yep. that headlining name at five, even though it's not that far away, 
five, I feel like it's kind of easier. You you can kind you may be able to get away with some more and. But like you said, if if they're doing it to be cheap, it's not great. But if they're right. doing it to save money for a guy in the second round, and again, it seemed like the second they took Kerstad last year, everyone across the board said this is a great pick because it's a under slot, b because they're going to have the money yep. to draft some of these guys, and they got the guys like have, Colby Mayo. Well, they were apparently other guys zeroing in on Nick Bitsko with that second pick they had in the first round. He, of course, went I think to the Nationals a little bit prior, but no, I mean. It has to be, look, it would be asinine to not use your entire signing bonus allotment, right? If somehow the right. Orioles save $2 million after the draft, people are going to be scratching their heads right. like, what the hell is going on? But, mm-hmm. I mean, there's no reason to think that's what's going on here. And I think the bigger questions for spending have more to do with, like, future free agency and arbitration when the players who you have developed start to near their time. And so that's down the road. I have faith that... They have a plan as far as how to allot that money. And so until proven otherwise, I'll give them the benefit of the doubt in that regard. Um, more at a major league level, I know that on uh, Monday night, you guys are uh, part of a pretty exciting event going on at Jimmy's Seafood. you want to tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, so we are We're going to do um, a watch party for the Home Run Derby with Trey in it, obviously. Um, great matchup, too, with him and Matt Olson. Uh, in the first round, I, I think that'll really be fun. But there we got some Orioles trivia going up. I think trivia starts at 7. I do believe that it's sold out. But, hey, I mean, I'm not playing in the trivia because I'm going to be too focused on watching the Derby mm-hmm. and bouncing around talking Orioles. Um, but this is just kind of an open call to anyone out there. If you want to come down to Jimmy's Seafood on Monday, again, it starts at 7. If you want to get there earlier, try and get a table or a bar stool, you know, feel free. Um, it, I think it's going to be a good time. I would love to see Trey put on a show. Yeah. Um, and, again, I mean, the, the matchup with him and Olsen, I think, is a, is a sneaky, really good one. I think it's probably the best the best first-round matchup outside of uh, Otani right. and Soto. But I, I'm, I'm, I got all my – I'm putting all my, my money in, on Trey. And, are you, you, you going to put any actual money on him? I saw the odds were released this morning, and he was plus 1,000 is the longest odds I, tied yeah, with somebody else. Yeah, I saw else. one yesterday that was – he and Perez were like plus one, yeah. like one fifteen. Gotta or put something ten like down that. on it, don't you? Right. Just for yeah, just for principle, you just well. gotta put ten down, right? <laughs> Absolutely. And I, I did text him last week after it got announced, and I said, you know, hey, just so you know, I'm putting big money on you. This is before <laughs> we knew the bracket. I said I'm putting big money on you to take out Otani, so I need you to come through here for me. Where um, do you? Uh, but, are you? I know you're a big card guy. Have mm-hmm. you? Are you buying like loads of 2019 MLB? box sets praying to find a Shohei Otani rookie card? I haven't because it's a little out of my price range currently. <laughs> yeah. I do have a friend who, who you know, plays the stock market and all that, and he's and every day he's texting me going, you know, got this box and we're, we're digging, for, you know, we're fishing for Otani and all that stuff. So I haven't, but I have dabbled and I've bought a few of his singles, but I haven't done the big boxes looking for the rookie, but I've, I've got some of his rookie cards on the way. So let, let's hope that that'll pay off. And same thing with Trey. You know, I bought some of his cards hoping for, uh, you know, a Comeback Player of the Year award. No doubt. Maybe able to offload those. Speaking of the, of the, of the All-Star game in, in general, they're, the, 100% they're letting him hit and pitch, right? Yeah. I, like I there's no – like I know he made it in both. I know he got first player to be taken in both, which is kind of a weird thing for me because mm-hmm. what once you're there, you can't take two spots. But, mm-hmm. but like – like he he had there, there's no way in the world that like they take like how's that going to possibly work like is he 
Is he going to start the game in, in the first inning pitch? I, it's just – it's like you have to figure this out really well in advance because there's no way – like he gets in at bat, they take him out, and he's allowed to come back in because he's two spots, right? <laughs> I Yeah, I mean, and even if they did that, I'd be perfectly okay. I'd be fine with it, be, but it's got to yeah, happen. It's, it's got to happen. No, yeah, I, I think – I don't know. My guess is because I don't think I don't think if you're the Angels and Joe Madden, I don't think you want him going right. through a hole. Right. I don't think you want him starting the game where he's you know doing a long toss and he's on mm-hmm. the bullpen and then he comes in and throws two batters or whatever, three batters, finishes an inning and then comes in and hits leadoff or something like that. Um, it will be interesting to see how they do it. I, I you know do they? I don't know. Do they have him take get two or three at bats and then he comes in for the fifth or sixth or something like that and pitches an inning and then sits down. Um, yeah, really. It's just it's just going to be really weird. It's just DH, I think, right? yeah, because he's got to he's got to warm up, and, and it's like like I, I was, and, and I get your point. Like you don't want him, you don't want to hurt him, you don't want to hurt him, yeah. and you don't want him doing a full warm up to just face you know one or two batters. But as far as the way the game flows and the way your preparation is, ultimately that may be the best way to protect him. Yeah, yeah, is to get him in there and then get him out immediately. Yeah, or, you I know, mean, again, an inning, and then you kind of let you know the other pitchers file in. Yeah, it's just, I don't know it's just how that works. Does is he? If you use him as a pitcher and he gets removed, can you right. like bring him in as a hitter? I genuinely do not know how that all works. I, that's my what, brain hurts like trying to <laughs> right, about right. It. It's like <laughs> that's why I said like the only way for me to really see it making sense in a traditional so we're not just putting a we're not putting a tent over the entire thing is to like it's like i don't know who's the who's home we're away i don't even know i would imagine national league it's 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 in in colorado okay so you could have him you know you could have him hit first and when he's done have him warm up i don't know it's just have him as the da yeah gonna be a dh i have no idea yeah i assume there would be because i mean i don't want to see the pitchers hitting in the office there has to be a dh they voted a dh i know it's just it's a really weird thing and i was thinking about it's like how how in the world are they going to do this but there's gotta like it has to happen they can't like have him start obviously he was voted in as the starter of dh they can't have him hit like fourth and then you know, in the middle of an inning, right. like after his first at bat, okay, go warm up. Yeah. yeah, take him out and trot him through the outfield. Yeah, it's yeah, just, it's just that, you know what I I will say that will be quite a scene if they do. Oh, that. Oh, absolutely! I think that'd be awesome. No, I yeah. mean he's the reason. Look, he's I'm ex- I'm very excited to see Mancini in the home run derby. Oh my but god! I am as excited, if not maybe a little more excited, yes. to just see the display that is Shohei Otani and just the marvel that he is. And it's it's unbelievable. It's the best story in baseball in. The past decade plus, by far, I would say. I mean, I agree with that. Yeah, I, I mean, it's un- so. unbelievable. Now, as far as the All Star Game goes, we've had a lot of discussion on Glenn Clark Radio about the Orioles involved and what the right thing for Major League Baseball was. And I'll pose it to you like this: If you had only one spot to give to a Baltimore Oriole for the 2021 All-Star Game, who would you have given it to? Uh, um, hmm. Tough, because obviously, I mean, you have, the, you have the answer with Mullins, where it's by far the best player on the Orioles. Um, mm-hmm. He's, you know, one of the top I've, – I've been tweeting it into existence. He's been one of the best outfielders in baseball for this sure. year. Then you also have the great story with Trey. Mm-hmm. Um, 
And and you know, and 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 up until a couple of weeks ago, you could have made the argument for three of them getting in with with John Means too. Um, I I do think because it's an exhibition, and and you could you could kind of you know pick kind of pick who you want again, especially with these teams where where it's only one guy uh, making it from you know because you need a representation. Sure. I may have gone Trey if he wasn't in the Derby, just for the storyline. Where, and again, it's not necessarily that it's like a pity pick. I mean, he's you know, fifteen right. home runs is not productive, to, yeah. to, you know, to to blink at. But I mean, it, he's he's been he was really good, you know, the first what couple eight nine weeks, and he and he has kind of cooled down. I know he's second in in RBIs for a while, but the, just being the whole like stand up to cancer thing and, and, you know, they make a big, they, they, they make sure that it's it's known every year that they do that. I thought that would have been very cool to see him on the field, you know, with the sign and, and we, we would have gotten some, some cool, some cool things coming from that. If, if Trey was there holding up the sign and, and, you know, Joe Buck is talking about it and all that. I, I think that would have been neat. Um, I, I mean, I'm not upset that Mullins made it. Cause sure. obviously I think he should have, it would have been awesome, you know, like we were talking about, maybe they give Otani the pitching spot and that frees up, you know, I don't know, another hitter and you slide, you slide Trey in there or something like that. But knowing MLB, I knew they, they wouldn't do something like that because, you know, they can't get out of their own way. Yeah, I, I, I just think there's still an opportunity to do it. I think that you're still going to see maybe one or two people that, you know, can't play in the game, whether it's uh, something nagging that happens over this weekend or – you know, what have you. And and I think it's the right thing for Major League Baseball to do. I, I just That would be neat. Yeah, I, if, like you said, if someone kind of not backs out but kind of takes a step back and says, I'm, you know, oh, I tweaked this. Or right, I wanna, right. You know, people are giving the Astros crap. I don't really care about that. <laughs> but, it's you know, that would be neat if that opened up a spot for him. Yeah. And, again, he's already there. You might as well. You're well, already, right. already paying for a hotel and a plane ticket. And, and, and like you said, I mean, the whole stand-up for camp. I mean, the story writes itself, folks. I mean, this is, you know, Major League Baseball does a lot wrong. Um, this one's like staring you in the face, you know, <laughs> punching you from both sides of your head. It's like, um, hello, it's right here. Uh, take advantage of it. It, it nobody, like, nobody's going to say, like, oh, my God, how did they take Trey Mancini to, to replace blah, 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 blah. It's like yeah. it's the best story of baseball. Exactly. Yeah, and I did. I did text Trey when when it got announced he was in the Derby too. I said, um, "Just let us know the fine." I said, "But we need mm-hmm. to get you in like a Mo Strong right. shirt, or yeah, yeah. you need Mo, you know, Mo Gabba across your nameplate." I said, "Don't worry about the fine. We'll crowdsource it. We'll take care of it." So if something, yeah, and again, I mean, it, it that whole storyline is there too. If, if, right. if MLB really wanted to do something neat, yeah. So all right, winding down. Give me your prediction as to who's the pick at number five. I want you on the record so I can just laugh at you when you're wrong. <laughs> um, I'll go house. Interesting. I, I think that's what they'll do if he's there, and, and which it probably won't be, but that's, <laughs> that's the guy that I'll pick. And, and again, I'll, I, I may put something out in, into the Twitter world. If, if they don't pick him, I'll eat, I'll eat my tweet like I did last year. With See, now we're on to your bit, though. We're not going to let it be a cake. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, well, I – Banks had said that too. He said you can't do a cake again. I said okay, that's fine. I got plenty of other. It can't just ideas. be I can frosting. You can't just let it be frosting on various baked goods. I'm not... it, it was. It was. It, it was the tweet though. I did eat the tweet. Yes, I'm sure aware. Semantically speaking, you you <laughs> kept to your word, but you, you, you guys will never let me do another bet on your show because 
because of my eating. Well, uh, the my licorice eating bit was always, it seems like whenever we have a volume thing going on here, nobody ever follows through with the actual amount they're supposed to eat. And granted, nobody likes black licorice, but, you know, be a man, Eric. Be a man. <laughs> hey, the, uh, what, what was it? The, oh, the, the, yeah, the jelly beans. That was, that was a bit much. We currently drive home with puke all over me. Yeah, we <laughs> currently have the bet outstanding for this season, where the loser has to eat some sort of crazy like prison pizza concoction with cracker oh, jacks that's right, on it. Right, which actually sounded that sounded good when Glenn. Was Frankly, about it. it's not the worst we've ever done. Casey no. had to eat a spaghettio and milk pie, and I think compared oh, to that, no. it is uh, yeah. far far better. And I think I've got a bad feeling about how that one's going to go. I don't normally. I've done. I've got a really good streak running where if I say I'm just not going to lose, it holds true. I've got a bad feeling about this one. I don't think I have many teams that are over or underperforming their expectations this year. So uh, <laughs> I, I've, I've taken a gander the last couple of weeks, and, and yeah, I'm, I'm kind of in the middle of the road on it still. Well, then I'm counting on you losing, Eric, because I don't really want to eat that thing. <laughs> uh, tell us one more time about Monday night so that people have an idea what's going on. Yeah, so again, Monday night, Jimmy Seafood and Dundalk. Um, it, it, the trivia starts at 7. I'll probably be there a little earlier. People are going to be rolling in. Derby starts at 8, I believe. Um, so yeah, I mean, come on down, you know, we're going to, we may do some, like some boom, boom shots or some Mancini <laughs> bombs or something like that special for him. Um, but I know there's going to be a bunch of prizes given away and, you know, we're going to gather and we're going to hopefully watch Trey win this home run derby. And Brian Powell did point out, yes, indeed. You did consume the full 19 ounces of Chick-fil-A sauce, but you did it in such a way where not only did it not make the show funny, we questioned your humanity and sanity both at the same time as you just kind of did it with a straight face all the way through. But you did. You did it. You did it. I was still maintain that it should have been 19 of the little peel-top cups oh, yeah. rather than a Jug. takeout container because he was able to just, like, ladle it into his mouth with a spoon as opposed to having to, like, actually go through the actual effort of, you know, meticulously going through each one. But, no, he did it. He did it. He did what was asked. Um, and we hope he never loses again because his selling jobs are absolutely awful. Um, <laughs> but, Eric, thank you for joining us when you're at the beach. Hope you enjoy your time up there. I uh, look forward to talking to you again soon when the Orioles have added six more top 100 prospects to their system. Absolutely, absolutely. Thank you, guys. Take it easy, man. We'll Take talk care. to you soon. Bye. Uh, there he goes. Eric Arditi from Barstool Sports joining us to talk a little Orioles before this weekend where – of course, the Orioles will be adding to their system. And then, of course, on Monday, the, uh, the beloved Trey Mancini takes the stage for the Home Run Derby. You can join him at Jimmy's Seafood for that. Uh, we're going to take our second break here in a second with Stan the Fan on the other side, talk a little bit more baseball as well as probably a little bit about Drew and what he's doing. Uh, but this show has also been brought to you as we're broadcasting from the Chesapeake Employers Studio here at Pressbox by Sports and Social MD. And, guys, the place to watch UFC 264 tomorrow night is Sports and Social MD as Conor McGregor battles Dustin Poirier, and you can watch it all at Sports and Social Maryland as it's live casino and hotels, amazing new sports bar with a massive 100-foot media wall, 47-foot big screen, 40 HD TVs, extensive beer selection, big eats, in-venue gaming, bowling, and more. For tickets to see UFC 264 tomorrow night, July 10th at Sports and Social, go to livecasinohotel.com. As seating is limited, so make sure to secure your spot at one of Baltimore's or Maryland's in general best new sports attractions. So, as I said, stand the fan on the other side of this morning's show and this break here. It is Glenn Clark Radio, or Glenn Clarkless Radio. Kyle Ottenheimer and Ken Zalis, we will be right back. 
Glory Days Grill's popular summer seasonal menu is back with favorites like their Very Berry Salad and Smoky Thigh Wings. It also features the all-new shrimp po'boy, crispy fried shrimp on a freshly baked sub roll with lettuce, tomato, and a house-made spicy remoulade. Other delicious items include a 12-ounce New York Strip steak, the barbecue chicken bowl, barbecue ribs, and Smoky Thigh Wings combo platter, zucchini fries, and a key lime pie. All of these meals pair well with Sam Adams Summer Ale or their anniversary IPA brewed by Devil's Backbone. Glory Days Grill is hiring all positions. Want to work for a great family-oriented company known for their commitment to the community? Stop into one of their restaurants and speak with a manager. Management opportunities are available. The Olympics start soon. Stop in and watch the games at Glory Days Grill. Every child who dines at one of their restaurants during the Olympic Games will receive a gold medal. Find out more by going to glorydaysgrill.com. Here... It. Watch out! For the first time, the PGA Tour's FedEx Cup Playoffs is coming to Maryland. The top 70 players in the world converge on Kings Valley Golf Club for the 2021 BMW Championship, August 24th through 29th, 2021. Baltimore's iconic and challenging course provides the perfect test as the playoffs heat up. Tickets are now available. Don't miss your chance to watch the drama unfold. Visit BMWChampionship.com today. C3 American Exteriors is the area's best and most trusted roof and siding specialists. C3 is also an insurance adjuster's worst nightmare and a homeowner's dream come true. With all of the bad weather, chances are you have some roof and siding damage. Call C3 American Exteriors now to get your roof and siding repairs for the cost of your deductible. Don't let the insurance industry get one over on you. C3 guarantees a 48-hour rapid response. Call 401 9 or go to c3america.com for a free analysis. The Toyota Tacoma comes in a wide range of models and trim lines. You can choose the perfect Toyota to reflect your unique personality and driving habits. Check out buyatoyota.com for deals on new Tacomas from your local Toyota dealer today. Baseball is back in full in 2021, and the bat around has got you covered from bell to bell. Hi, I'm Paul Valley, and you can catch me along with my co-host, Zach Goodman, every Saturday morning from 10 to 12 on the bat around right here at Press Box Sports. We'll break down every win, every loss, and everything in between, plus tell you who we take to rake each week as the Orioles look to get back in the hunt and bring competitive baseball back to Baltimore. Catch us at PressBoxOnline.com slash the bat around or at Facebook.com slash Sports. That's the bat around every Saturday morning from 10 to 12 right here at Press Box sports it takes time to get rich flavorful coffee beans from the lush mountain regions of colombia and brazil to royal farms but less than a minute to get yourself a delicious hot cup of the finest and freshest coffee in the world because royal farms new swiss made coffee machines grind those rich flavorful coffee beans and brew them one magnificent cup at a time it's why royal farms makes the freshest and best coffee in the world real fresh real fast royal farms Redefine your skills, inspire change, and make a difference. The Army offers the new generation of youth the ability to be part of something bigger than themselves, while also improving who they will become individually. Soldiers have the ability to impact the world in many different ways. The Army supports humanitarian missions ranging from the COVID-19 response to natural and man-made disasters. Visit GoArmy.com forward slash Baltimore. This is GlennClarkRadio.com. Nothing but net.
All right, we are back here, Glenn Clark Radio. Glenn Clark Radio is brought to you by Chesapeake Employers Insurance, your workers' compensation insurance specialist. And we have the pleasure of being joined by the chief grand pooba here at Pressbox, pressboxonline.com. He is Stan the Fan Charles, and he joins us now on Glenn Clark Radio. Stan, it's Kyle and KZ. How's it going, sir? Oh, Casey is in the studio, is in the house. Yeah, yeah, the Groundhog How are saw, you, Casey? Good, Groundhog saw a shadow, so I get six days, so, you know. <laughs> good for you, good for you, man. So, Stan, we uh, yes, obviously have some, some interesting things on the horizon as it pertains to the Baltimore Orioles. You have got the mm-hmm. draft on Sunday. You've got Trey Mancini's participation in the Home Run Derby on Monday. You've got Cedric Mullins participation in the all-star game on tuesday of the three what was the first one the the draft the draft oh, is the on draft Sunday. okay i'm sorry no it's it, okay so i was waiting to hear and it just like okay go ahead of the three yeah which is highest on your radar as far as your attention is concerned um uh, realistically the uh the mlb draft is is numero uno to me uh, the others are really great stories for you know for for today, uh, for for this period of time. But looking forward to uh, brighter days in Birdland, and uh, the draft would have to be my number one concern right now. Um, I mean, look, seeing acknowledging that nobody really knows other than Michael Elias and company. Do you have hopes and wishes as far as how you you see that first round going for the Baltimore Orioles? Well, first of all, I, I don't know if it was on your show or something else I did recently. I'm, I'm really miffed at MLB that the Boston Red Sox, in, in a fluke season, yeah. uh, you know, one of the highest spending teams in all of baseball, uh, who who sort of fired their coach, that fired their manager because he was involved in another team's cheating scandal, somehow ended up benefiting in the draft i don't think that they should have been allowed even though baseball doesn't have a lottery i would think the cutoff could have been like uh, we're not going to allow the really good teams the teams that spend the most money to unless they do it three years in a row or something like that two years in a row to be any higher than number 10 you know or 11 uh i think the fact that they picked before the baltimore orioles is really ridiculous and it's going to piss me off if they take henry davis you that's know, the player i'd like to see the orioles end up okay with. so you've you've zeroed in on henry davis now i take it look i mean everybody knows the orioles are the best catcher prospect in baseball right now henry davis is himself a catcher is this more about what you feel the overall talent level is of the bat for davis yeah yeah clearly um you know rutschman is a very special catcher um although you know, it's interesting. I think hasn't Rutschman played like seven games as the DH yeah. and like twelve or thirteen at first base. Mm-hmm. So the organization may want to sort of limit him to about 130 games in a 162 game season, maybe even 120. So it wouldn't hurt to have somebody that's a special bat as the backup catcher if he's at all competent as a catcher. But from what I hear. Uh, the athletic tool set that he has, uh, Davis should be able to play one of the corner outfield spots. The thing or that up- first base, you know? yeah, yeah. The thing that upsets me the most about the MLB draft is the is the coverage of it. I think it's 
I know it's the most difficult draft to cover yeah. because yeah. of all the high school players and stuff. Mm-hmm. But but you have you have the ability to follow your own rankings if you're MLB, follow Baseball America's rankings, a, a assortment of places that have a consensus of the top 100 players. Right. Um, they do a horrible job uh, of not only following the draft, but giving you backgrounds uh, of of these players and, and sometimes flat right, not knowing anything about them. So I, I just wish they would figure out a new format. It doesn't seem like they're ever going to because MLB well, does this, it themselves. You know, it's, it's interesting you say that this year, moving it back to, to be part of the whole all-star game festivities yeah. and making it after the baseball world series, I, I think you know they're taking a small step to modernizing the uh, MLB draft, and I think you will see. You know, now I, for example, I don't know. Is Sunday night now going to yeah. be the the night that the first round? Yeah, yes, and it'll yeah. be broadcast I mean, on both MLB Network and ESPN. Yeah, that's that. That's a start. It's a start. But I with you. I, I agree with you. you no, know. It does lag as far as the pomp and circumstance is concerned with the NBA and NFL. but It's not even the pomp and circumstance because I, I, I really do get it that it, it's – It's a it, different animal. It's, it's a different yeah. animal, and the player pool is immense compared mm-hmm. to every other draft and the, the high school and the and the not really, you know, knowing, you know, it, NFL – you have a pretty good idea who the top 10 are going to be. And, you know, maybe the order changes. You very rarely get somebody that is projected to be a, a outside the quarterback position, the 20th best player taken in the top five. Sure. And in Major League Baseball, it seems like you have that in it. It just in watching the draft, because I'm a draft junkie and everything but uh, NHL, because I just I can't. Um, but, you know, Okay, tell me who this guy is. Why? Why would? Why would uh, you know Seattle Mariners reach up for this guy at number twenty? And they can never give me an answer on that question because they don't know and they're not prepared for anything. It's like they have all these quote unquote Mel Kuyper types for MLB, but none of them know these guys. And it's just it's very frustrating to watch as someone who enjoys drafts and enjoys you know having you know looking up. Okay, who the who the Orioles just take, and how does it help them? And I want I want some more expertise because in the NFL draft I can do that. The NBA is so short you can do it. In the MLB they just they just it's it's the coverage for me. And I hope maybe the fact that ESPN is getting involved uh, in it a little bit more uh, will help the overall product. Let me ask you one follow up question. You talk about Henry Davis, and I agree he's the best bet. I don't know if he's there when they pick at five, what, what is your, you know, we've talked uh, earlier to Eric Arditi about under slotting and, and what that means and, and who they could be looking at. What's your view of that overall uh, for the Orioles? And, you know, are, you know, I, I know we always Hello? give. Can you hear us, Dan? Ah, beautiful. Great. It was a great question. My God, we'll get Stan Rack in a we'll second here. Oh, okay, I was just gonna, I was just going to ask him what his view was. I, I don't, I understand it. Um, you know, he's got somebody in mind in Henry Davis, who, you know, when you look at all the bats, is the clear, to me, top bat, top bat in in, in the draft, and you figure out 
uh, with a bat like Davis, you know, what position he'll play and how that works with, with Rutman and, and things like that. And, you know, there was a time where the Orioles were looking like they were stockpiling catchers. And it was like, oh, they have all these catchers. They have leaders and they have this and they have that. And nothing ever materialized. So you you take the best player. Um I don't. I I like them taking the best player at number five, no matter who it is, no matter what the position is. Sure, you figure it out. But the underslotting, what, Stan? What's your view on that? I mean, I I don't love it this high in the draft. I, I get it. I, I understand that there may be a guy you don't think that you could get later that pay him a little bit more money, and maybe he doesn't go to college and he he helps you. But uh, what, yeah, what what's well, your view they, on that? Well, it's. It's a mixed bag, you know. I mean, I think the Astros uh, used it uh, to some effect, positive effect, a couple times when they were rebuilding, but there were a couple times they right. they kind of screwed up on it. And clearly, um, you know, nobody is really criticizing Mike Elias that Heston Kerstad, uh, uh, sure. uh, you know, got sick. And and who knows if he'll ever play again? Um, so that's not Michael Elias's fault, but but the concept bit us in the ass this year. Um, and I think Cody Ballmer has also has he had to have Tommy John surgery? I had not heard, but I would be certainly unfortunate if that's the case. Yeah, I'll do, I'll do a quick I'm, search. I thought he, I that. thought there was an injury issue with him as well. Um, so you know, I don't I don't love it. I understand it's it to me the the phrase I would use it sometimes it's trying to be too cute uh to finesse but but look and for it's what it's clear, worth Carter, Carter Baumler did undergo Tommy John in November apparently yeah yeah um so that really turned out to be you know that's not to say crazy. that he can't come yeah. back and and Tommy John these days is certainly not the the risk that it once was so it certainly is no death no, blow no question his, about right. that but but you know to no have doubt, no both doubt. the pick that you underslotted and then the the pick you signed you got because yeah. of that. But but Gunnar Henderson was an underslot guy. Mm-hmm. Um, or overslot. It, it happened was... to be overslot. Yeah, That's yeah. right. Yeah, he he was a guy, and it wasn't because they got uh, Adley Rutschman underslot, but they were able to. Uh, to get somebody that they paid over slot, you know. Yeah, it's a, it's never an exact science, right? Like you can't. We've talked about it, right? We have to sort of defer to Elias and company, as as they are yeah. the experts here, and they know these guys far better than we do. But for the fan and the fan reaction, it certainly doesn't do much to quell the overall fear that's existed as Orioles fans for over two decades now that the team is penny pinching and that they are not doing all that it takes to put talent on the team. So it's yeah. double-edged sword. But I, I – Look, this is the first time Baltimore has really seen this with its baseball team. I mean, there have been some restarts, yeah. mini rebuilds, but they were always kind of – uh, there was an exclamation put on them by signing a Sammy Sosa, sure. Vladimir Guerrero, you know, senior. Uh, you know, they're – there wasn't this really mm-hmm. dedicated effort like this, and it's got some bumps and bruises to it. There's Definitely. no question about Look, it. As Glenn reminded us, this is not going to be a short process. This is going to be a long haul, and they're already behind the eight ball due to the pandemic, and of course, Kerstad and the situation right. there. Right. They've, yep. they've taken some, some body blows throughout the course of this, but they have to sort of stay course, and 
you know, you have to you remain optimistic that they are doing more internationally, that they've invested in that complex in that, the Dominican that Republic. That is sort of the, the wild card in all this is when that, you know, because nobody really is writing about that, what these players are doing. We don't know their names. Uh, and all of a sudden, there's going to be two or three players that suddenly pop mm-hmm. up that are really meaningful players that we're going to go, hey, remember the Andrew Kashner trade? Yeah. This was one of the 16-year-old guys, you know. Right. And I'll say one other thing about the rebuild is that every once in a while, you just need to get lucky. And it seems like that's what's going on with Cedric Mullins. Yeah. Nobody could have projected that Cedric Mullins was going to give up switch hitting and go from this guy that hit three home runs last year in 60 games mm-hmm. to 16 home runs and being an all-star. No doubt. You know. All right, so a couple quick ones here for you. Yeah. Do you do you have faith that Elias and company in the next year or so will start kind of doing the Tampa Bay Rays deal where they are extending through arbitration years of some of these players? Uh, um, I would think that that would be the next step, uh, but I, they're not quite there yet. You know, they're not quite there yet. But I would, I would hope that that's the case. You know, obviously, John, there's got to there's gotta come a time where this pays off positively on the playing field, and it's going to cost you substantially a lot more money. Correct. You know? Unless they are like the Rays are not necessarily the ones who are going to be paying the three hundred million dollar extension, but they spend money in different ways right. to try to right. keep their window. They've done a tremendous job, obviously. Yeah, doing they have so. done a great job. But playing. all right, the second one here. Yeah. So I asked Eric Arditi the question in this manner. I'll ask it to you the same. Okay. If you are or were Major League Baseball and you had the option of only choosing one Baltimore Oriole for the 2021 All-Star Game, who would you have chosen? I would have chosen Cedric Mullins. So you are of the opinion that the All-Star Game should be the the players who are playing best through that portion of the season. Yeah, I th- I think that to me that's what it should always be about and then yeah. I think Mullins would be my number one choice with the Orioles. For what it's worth, I tend to agree with you. I know that Glenn yeah. and I have kind of gone back and forth this week where he's kind of talking about it. And look, we are smart enough so to who, acknowledge. who would you guys have chosen, Mancini? Well, what? Mullins is, is – I would have picked Mullins because he's played so damn well, right? Right. The right. argument that Glenn has is that this is a TV show, right? Like right. this is ultimately nothing other than an exhibition game and Major League Baseball should be making ultimately business decisions here to make their broadcast and their TV show most compelling. And right. based on that argument, there's no question that Trey Mancini is the more mm-hmm. fitting pick. But that's sort of where it falls for personal preference and as, as far as who you yeah. think is should be represented. Yeah. So, so I think there's enough compelling stories that are just going to arise by picking the best players. So, you know. so here, here, here's where I'll disagree with Stan as I don't like to do. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't think there are, I think there's two stories in major league baseball this year. One's Otani and the other oh, one's right. Trey Mancini. I think it's, right. this, I think if it's, you, you can say, you can say one's a better story than the other, and, and that's fine. But there, there are no stories that Major League Baseball has that are better than those two stories. 
So I would it, say that I would say that the Mancini story is certainly unique. It's certainly special. If he were hitting 290 and had another four home runs and another 12, yeah. 13 RBIs, that that to me, he's. Just, I don't think he's done enough to be an All Star. And 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 I, and I and I and and granted, the last month has been kind of rough for him to right. be nice about it. Um, I get that. You figure out a way with everything that Major League Baseball does and the the stand up to cancer and all that right. storyline. You figure out how to get Trey Mancini on this roster to have this. Um, you figure out. Uh, we talked about it uh, with Eric. Um, how to get Trey Mancini with a Mo Strong shirt on during the broadcast. Yeah, you, you have yeah. stories. This is a. Uh, uh, yes, I know. Well, but, I know but, now it matters and all that fun yeah, stuff. But, yeah, but, but, but in fairness, that's what they're doing by electing him. I mean, I don't recall that they've ever had a player that isn't on the all-star team partake in the home run hitting contest. I don't believe that, that. That's not true. That has happened. That yeah. has happened. It but has here's, happened the, here's the thing. Okay. Here's the thing. It's easy for Major League Baseball to do this because we know that Mike Trout isn't playing in the game. Right. So Trey Mancini gets named as his replacement. Done. Right. You know, yeah. do you think there's going to be any peep that they say, well, he doesn't yeah. deserve it? I mean, no, because it's right. a great story. How many times have we heard on national broadcasts and even on local broadcasts from other teams that Trey Mancini's the comeback player of the year just because he stepped on the field and I don't want to hear right. about anybody else? It's a great story. Let the, let the story happen, and this isn't this isn't because I'm a fan of Trey Mancini. This isn't a fan uh, because I'm a fan of the Baltimore Orioles. This is because this is a TV show, and it's a made-for-TV type thing that you got to fill all this time pre-game, post-game with all these great stories. Did Cal Ripken deserve to be in the All-Star game at the end of his career? No, because he didn't do it on the field, but he was there. Why? Because he had a great career and it was a great story. Okay, Trey Mancini's a great story. Get him in the game somehow. I hear you. Just do it. Right. I but think using but using that uh, philosophy, then then Trevor Bauer should be on the should be the starting. Let, let, I think this is a little bit of a different situation. <laughs> we're not going. I'm going to let you off the hook there because that we're going down a completely different path. And I think it is fair to point out. Like we talked to Carl Ravitch earlier this week, who will be on the call for ESPN's draft coverage as well as the home run derby, um, and he talked about the importance of the Cedric Mullins story as well and how Yeah, I think that's a great story too. Baseball doesn't I mean, have enough black yeah, black representation among the top players in the sport. And so yeah. to neglect what he's accomplished would be perhaps unfair as well. So I think the I, right answer was find a way for both of them to be. Yeah, involved. that's that's probably, but but your question to me was if, of course, if yeah, I had yeah. one choice, sure. who would I put on, and it would have been Mullins because I think that's. I, I got to be honest. I've been around baseball a long time. There are other players that have come back from cancer to play Major League Baseball. What Cedric Mullins has done that <clears throat> that slash line that he had yep. like in two thousand was hitting eighteen zero nine two yeah yeah was just unbelievable. Uh, to have a player then give up switch hitting and accomplish what he's done in his first 85 games this okay. year 
is one of the most remarkable things I've ever seen in my life. There's no doubt about it. Well, yeah. Stan the Fan, you have, uh, of course, your weekly Facebook Live broadcast. Two shows every week on Mondays. You and, of course, the old Orioles pitcher Ross Grimsley visit with different guests around the world of baseball. This week you talked with uh, Dennis Martinez, former Orioles pitcher. And then, of course, on Wednesday nights, you and Gary Stein have a different newsmaker from the world of sports. This week it was legendary lacrosse coach Tony Seaman. And both shows are live at Facebook.com slash PressBoxSports and available the next day at PressBox online.com they are also brought to you by the fine folks at c3 american exteriors find them at c3america.com who do you guys have coming next week sir well i've got um i've got mr uh, larry sheets uh nice. the coach at gilman and the father of gavin sheets and of course, of course a, a former oriole player uh who one time did hit 31 home runs in a season gavin sheets and we'll played talk, tremendously we'll, we'll talk to him i don't have my newsmaker guest yet uh, I'm I'm trying to see if Terry Hazeltine okay. is of a mindset to come on and talk about what's going to go on the next day, where I might push him to the following week. Sure, well, we eagerly await that. I'm sure it will be tremendous as always, sir. Well, we right. thank you so much for your time this morning. I hope you have a nice walk and get outside and do what you're going to do, and uh, look forward to you sitting in in a week or so. All right. I'll see. I'll see you then. Thank I'll see you, you then. KZ, it's great talking to you, buddy. You too, buddy. Talk to you soon. All right. There Talk it goes. Stand the fan, Charles, the Chief Grand Puba at Press Box Online. Appreciate him joining us for a little bit there. And uh, we are going to roll right along into our next break. Maybe we'll have time for Kyle in the kitchen before Kyle and Frank. Maybe I'll path, push Kyle five minutes or so. If okay. he, he hates me, but we'll live. But Mobile One, full synthetic motor oil. Uh, extends engine life. Visit your local Jiffy Lube service center and ask for Mobile One. We're going to take our third and final break. On the other side, we'll do a quick Kyle in the kitchen, and then we'll talk with Kyle Elfrink, Kyle's Kyle's, you know, uh, about some fantasy football. This is Glenn Clark Radio from the Chesapeake Employers Insurance Studio here at PressBox. We'll be right back. C3 American Exteriors is the area's best and most trusted roof and siding specialists. C3 is also an insurance adjuster's worst nightmare and a homeowner's dream come true. With all of the bad weather, chances are you have some roof and siding damage. Call C3 American Exteriors now to get your roof and siding repairs for the cost of your deductible. Don't let the insurance industry get one over on you. C3 guarantees a 48-hour rapid response. Call 401 or go to c3america.com for a free analysis. This is how you get a premium cup of coffee. Better and faster than the drip, drip, drip method. And way better than a large urn of lukewarm coffee made who knows when. At Royal Farms, our new Swiss-made coffee machines grind fresh premium beans on the spot and then brew them one cup at a time for the freshest, most flavorful cup of premium coffee you can buy. This is Royal Farms Coffee. It's better because it's the freshest coffee in the world. Real fresh, real fast. Royal Farms. Sports and Social Maryland is bringing the ultimate UFC fight night experience to you at Live Casino and Hotel. Watch Dustin Poirier take on the former champion, Conor McGregor, and get the ringside feeling with our state-of-the-art AV system and stadium seating. They take sports viewing to the next level with a massive 100-foot media wall, 47-foot big screen, 40 HD TVs, extensive beer selection, big eats, in-venue gaming, bowling, and more. They're raising the sports bar at Sports and Social Maryland. Come see for yourself. 
Tickets now on sale for UFC 264 at sportssocialmd.com. That's sportssocialmd.com. Must be 21. Please play responsibly. For help, visit mdgamblinghelp.org or call 1-800-GAMBLER. Hi, it's Glenn Clark for Window Nation. When it comes to cost and quality, Window Nation has you covered, saving you thousands more on your windows compared to national brands while providing the same, if not better, quality. Want detail? Window Nation measures each window three times to ensure proper fit. And after they install your new windows, they leave your home cleaner than it was before. Get 50% off every style window, plus put no money down, make no payments, and pay no interest for 24 months. 866-90-NATION or visit windownation.com. Tell them Glenn Clark sent you Window Nation, the perfect fit. The biggest pro wrestling stars today and all time all have one thing in common. You've heard them on Jobbing Out. Matt and Nick Jackson, the Young Bucks. Thanks for having us, man. Appreciate it. Adam Cole. How are you guys doing today? Matt Riddle. Yeah, man. Thanks, man. The champ, Drew McIntyre. Oh, thank you for having me. The great Ron Simmons. Keith Lee. Appreciate you guys having me, man. Bill Goldberg. My pleasure. Charlotte. Thank you so much for having me. Mick Foley is with us. This is the greatest name for a wrestling show I've ever heard. MJF. I'm glad you're happy I'm on this show because I'm freaking miserable. Let's have Chris Jericho. Le Champion. AJ, Aaron, Brandon, and Glenn are talking pro wrestling every week on Jobbing Out. Find it at PressBoxOnline.com slash radio, iTunes, and SoundCloud. Tweet us at Glenn Clark Radio. 21st Century Talk Radio at GlennClarkRadio.com. GlennClarkRadio.com. All right, we're back here on Glenn Clark Radio. KZ and I were talking about a little bit of golf off the air as Drew Forrester. As, uh, we won't talk about how he's played through three holes, but we hope he plays a little bit better as that proceeds. And, of course, when you talk about golf, you cannot fail to mention what is coming up at Caves Valley. At the PGA Tour's top 70 golfers are coming to Baltimore to compete in the 2021 BMW Championship at Caves Valley Golf Club. Secure your tickets at bmwchampionship.com, which brings us here. It's time for Kyle in the Kitchen. Kyle in the Kitchen is taped in front of a live studio audience. As always, thank you to Jeremy for the extremely uncomfortable opening. The greatest opening you ever Oh, I hope so. I hope people enjoy it. It's always fun for me. Uh, Kyle in the Kitchen is brought to you by the fine folks at Glory Days Grill. And, oh, hey, by the way, the Olympics start soon. Stop in and watch the games at Glory Days Grill. Every child who dines at one of their restaurants during the Olympic Games will receive a gold medal. You heard that right, a gold medal. That's Glory Days Grill. You cannot go wrong when you're ordering off of their menu. You so, to, Do you have to be an actual child or can you just act like one? I don't know, man. That's a good question. Uh, so, Kyle in the kitchen this week. Had a little shrimp in my freezer that I had to thaw. And, of course, when you think shrimp and you think of Baltimore, you think about your nice old onion, Old Bay butter concoction. And so I did my best to sort of duplicate it, adding my own couple spins to it in the process. For one, when you eat shrimp, Personally, I'm not crazy about having to peel them all the time. It's probably my least favorite part about shrimp. Absolutely. It's just kind of a nuisance. Uh, You did it last night? I did. I cooked shrimp last night. It's fine. It's fun in the sort of crab peeling way. You get into it and have a little decent time. But at the end of the day, and especially if you're eating like a pasta dish, take the shells off. Take the shells off. Can you just save us some time here and not have us digging around in our food? So the first step of all of this was I deshelled them prior to cooking them, which... 
I believe to be a useful method when you eat shrimp because everybody's life is a whole lot easier. So I did that, tossed the raw shrimp in a nice gallon freezer bag. Did you devein them? Well, the beautiful thing about these shrimp, they were pre-deveined. Oh, that's the which best is, type. I was so that's, thankful. Yes. I was ready to devein them. I was okay. prepared to do that, which is the worst part. I hate doing it, but I was ready to do it. Didn't have to, so that was awesome. Threw the shrimp into the bag with them all raw, deshelled, and all that good stuff. Tossed them in a little bit of Old Bay powder. Threw them back in the fridge because I wasn't going to cook them for a little while. My brother came over. It was nice to see him. And uh, we uh, walked down to, as I mentioned, the bodega earlier because I didn't have any white onions. Uh, and Or yellow onions, I should say, which I think is the preferred variety for this. I haven't really seen red onions used. Not red, but for you can get shrimp. away with the white. Okay, yes, aware. But I had red. I didn't have any yellow uh, or yes, white. Yes. So we walked to the bodega, picked up three onions, Use them all. Maybe it was too much onions. Whatever. doesn't matter. When you saute onions, they get smaller and the pan reduces and all that fun stuff. So, started off dicing up the onions. I like to do a, uh, I cut off the tops of each side and I just yeah. went down the line making circles and I cut those circles in half because the whole circles, you get a little bit, you know, you have a lot to work with if you do that. So, after I've got my three onions diced up, threw those in my cast iron, about medium heat. Put a good bit of olive oil, half a stick of butter, let it just reduce for a while. That's reducing for probably at least a half hour, to be honest. You try and get them nice and caramelized. You want to get that flavor good. You want to get them soft and nice and delicious. And, of course, your house smells amazing. After about 10 minutes or so, I threw in some diced garlic because if you're going to be sautéing onions, if you're not going to sauté some garlic with it, what are you doing here, right? Right, exactly. So I threw some garlic in there. At the bodega, we also procured some serrano peppers. Uh, this is one of the twists we added. I like some spice in my food. So took the time, diced that, kept the seeds in, and left Ooh. a little spice going in there. Oh. And we threw that in with the onions and the garlic and the butter and the olive oil and turned it into a delicious mixture of flavor. I added a good bit of Old Bay to the mixture, and I didn't really know how much to add. I was just going off of the color of the onions because when you order the onion shrimp mixture at a bar here in Maryland. It is often very brown and very old bay E. And so I tried to add as much as I thought would be appropriate. I maybe could have even added a little bit more. But I added the old bay into the cast iron pan as it was all reducing and stirred it around to get it to that beautiful brown hue. Uh, I then also added some salt and pepper because that's just kind of necessary for any dish that you're cooking. Stirred that all up, let it reduce down, let all the flavors meld. And then I removed the shrimp from the fridge and dumped them in the cast iron. Now, when you are putting shrimp in a cast iron, a lot of times you'll just do searing on each side for like a minute and a half because you don't want to overcook shrimp. You don't want them to get rubbery and all that. So I didn't have the luxury of having the shrimp touching the base of the cast iron due to the fact that the cast iron was full with three onions reducing and garlic and some peppers. But... My alternative to this, my workaround, was to cover the pan after the shrimps went in to get a little steam Mm -hmm. action going. Absolutely. So, covered the pan, let it cook for maybe three minutes, took the cover off, stirred it around a little bit more. You could see that some of the shrimp were still raw on one side. It was starting to get a little bit of color with the shrimp and all that. So, I stirred it around, recovered it, left it for about two more minutes. Took the cover off, stirred it a little bit more, left it for about maybe one more minute. At this point, almost all the shrimp were colored and beautiful, and there was just a couple pieces that had to get their final touches. So, let them go, let them steam a tiny bit more. The smell was delicious, I find. We also uh, ordered some 
Mediterranean bread, a sort of pita-ish bread, no. to turn this into a... Um, okay. We didn't want to just eat it, you know, yeah. plain by itself. We wanted a little bit of starch to go with it to turn it into sort of like a taco-ish Mediterranean. It was delicious. And then we also ordered tabbouleh salad for the side. There you go. But they didn't give us real tabbouleh. They didn't have any, like, grain in it. So it was essentially just, like, almost a salsa of cucumber, onion, and tomato, which proved to actually That's be kind of tasty when you put it on top of the shrimp. But... All things considered, the shrimp finished, turned the heat off, and just scooped those onto the portions of bread. This is what it looked like, Casey, for you to tell that the fine folks fantastic. how this looks. And, of course, you see the cast iron, yeah. you see the, the wooden spoon, and it was really quite delicious as all that goodness and olive oil that and butter fantastic. there. And uh, put that on top of the pita of sorts and just went to town. And it was quite tasty. I'm a fan of shrimp. I've said before, I think shrimp, while being beloved, are still somehow underrated. And in my opinion, the preferred way to eat them, as I mentioned, is without any shells involved. So you can just go to town carefree. Absolutely. And that's what happened. And I still have some left over. I look forward to eating that at some point this weekend. But all things considered, I would consider this to be a rousing success. As uh, this Kyle in the kitchen, I would rate it as probably an 87 out of 100 could have been a little spicier even, but all things considered, I was very happy with the results. So so it's funny because obviously I had no idea that you're talking about this today and what your, di- well, sure. what your dish is. I also made shrimp last night. Look at you. Okay. So mine was more of a bang-bang type shrimp. Okay. Um, but to make it a little spicier, being from Baltimore as I am, sure, we added the Old Bay hot sauce in there. Ooh, I've still got to try that to be honest. Oh. I know, it's supposed to be really good. I've got a lot of hot sauce in my house because uh, my Old girlfriend Bay, signed oh, me up for the subscription so, so service. So that, that helps. So maybe if you like a little bit more spice, everything you do, just throw in a little bit of that Old Bay hot sauce. That'll kick it up even a more, little bit more for you. Well, honestly, maybe next time I will. Yeah. But it was a delicious dish. My Looks brother fantastic. said it was delicious as well, so it's not just me. Uh, all things considered, I was very happy with the results. Casey, do you mind giving this read a little go? Which one? The I one that I've got you. open there, Window Nation. Hey, Window Nation, right now, get 50% off all styles of windows, plus no money down, make no payment, and pay no interest for 24 months. 8669Nation or visit windownation.com. That's 8669, I'm sorry, 86690Nation. 86690Nation. Visit visit windownation.com. Tell them Glenn Clark sent you, Window Nation always has the perfect fit. Uh, we're trying to uh, get Mr. Kyle Elfrink on the line. We're going to talk some uh, fantasy football. Kyle and I go way back. Uh, he is uh, part of uh, Sirius XM's uh, The Fantasy Drive, usually with Ray Flowers and a multitude of different hosts. Uh, and apparently he's on the line. Kyle Elfrink from Sirius XM Radio. Good morning, sir. How are you today? I'm good, Ken. How are you doing today? Good to hear you. It feels like uh, it's been, been a long time since we last spoke, almost as if the world shut down. Uh, yeah, it's all, <laughs> you know, between between the last time uh, you and I spoke, I actually had a weekly show that you would come on from time to time, and that show no longer exists, partially due to uh, me and partially due to some pandemic stuff, but uh, uh, we had an opportunity uh to talk the other day with the uh, uh, Independence Day draft that uh, you all hosted on Sirius XM Radio with uh, Howard Bender. 
And I was like, hey, I'm going to do six days of radio. Let me get my good friend Kyle on. So, um, you know, look, we're in the, I guess, the infancy stage of a lot of fantasy football. It seems like um, not many drafts going on, maybe some – you know, specialty type drafts. We all know about the Scott Fish Bowl, and if you don't know what that is, go look that up online. It's a it's a great uh, uh, contest uh, that Scott Fish does. Uh, lots of money raised for charity, and we're doing a lot of best ball. And you know, I, I've looked around the internet a little bit, and uh, you know, one of the things that was popular a couple of years ago was this zero RB. Uh, phenomenon where you bypass uh, running backs in the first, uh, let's call it four or five rounds, and you build your team with uh, wide receivers, tight ends, quarterbacks, and, you know, kind of go at it from that standpoint. I've always hated that. I'm a running back snob. I personally admit to that. I will take running backs in the first three rounds of just about every draft I do if I'm allowed to play them. Where do you fall in this? Are you uh, are you uh, kind of I'm going to let every draft just come to me as as I take it, or I've got to get these running backs because they fall off the cliff pretty quick. I think uh, Ken, I will join you in the snob club uh, <laughs> when it comes to running backs. I'll be right there with you. And um, not that I haven't considered the idea of going other routes. You know, I've taken a wide receiver in the first round. I've taken two wide receivers in the first three rounds. Um, I have never taken a quarterback, um, I don't think, any time in the first five rounds. Maybe there's a mock draft. You know, sometimes you just want to see how your team ends up. But I usually am never going to consider a quarterback until maybe four or five of them are off the board. And then with the running backs, I I mean, to me, zero RB means that, in effect, um, you're slotting a bunch of backups going into week one. A bunch of guys who are the secondary, if not third guy, in the pecking order on their team. Uh, which can work eventually, but do you have the patience to wait until week seven? Do you have the patience to wait until week 10? Do you have the patience to wait on the head coach to say, you know what, this rookie's just better than the holdover. Uh, but man, that holdover is making 5 million bucks a year, so I got to keep rolling him out there. If you're going to go zero RB, not only do you need the patience, but also you need to be so active and almost lucky on the waiver wire because Every single time that a running back pops up, and we've, we've all seen this right. in, in every league, post-week one, the first waiver-wired period runs, and everybody's going crazy for some running back who had a big week, week one. Then we do it again in week two. Then we do it again in week three. And you find yourself competing on and on and on against the same people for running backs. Because even if you draft running backs, you're always wanting more running backs. That's the nature of the position. So the idea of zero RB just never fit for me. And it's not that you know, Ken's Alice or Kyle Elfrick is perfect in terms of predicting which running backs are going to be healthy. You know, we know guys are going to be injured. We don't know who it is, but I just want the talented guys. I want the guys I feel good about. So, yeah, you bet. Early rounds, first, second, third. I rarely will come out of those first three rounds without two running backs. I, you know, I, even the tight end thing. I mean, I know Kelsey uh, can be considered maybe around the seventh, eighth, ninth pick. He doesn't really fit for me. I'm still going running back that early. So then you mentioned you're going to get at least two running backs in the first three rounds. And obviously every year, inevitably, there will be a running back who goes in the third round who ends up being a top five to eight guy. Who are the guys in the third round that you have zeroed in on as ones that you are going out of your way to make sure is your RB2? Well, let me even throw this out there. Last year there was a guy that literally – um, if you drafted on like August 20th, August 28th, nobody drafted 
and he ended up as an RB1, and that's James Robinson of Jacksonville. So it's not even the third-round guys. They're guys that are undrafted <laughs> that become first RB1s. But if you want to specifically talk about the third round, and for our purposes, I usually just say, okay, 12 teams. You know, who, who are the guys we're looking at between, say, 25 and 40? And if you look at some current ADP marks, I think a guy right there in your neck of the woods, J.K. Dobbins, fits very well. Um, obviously, things have to break his way with playing time, but if they do, I, I think he is dynamite uh, to have as an RB2. Um, I'm still in on Josh Jacobs in Las Vegas. I know a lot of people are fading him because of Kenyon Drake's arrival, but you know Kenyon Drake has had opportunities in Miami, opportunities in Arizona. It hasn't worked. And, and might I re- remind everybody, both the Dolphins and the Cardinals needed him, and it didn't work. Vegas doesn't really need him. Um, that signing doesn't make sense. Josh Jacobs has been very good in his first two years. Maybe they're saying we want to take a little bit of wear and tear off Jacobs, and that makes total sense, but I think people are just counting Jacobs as if Drake is going to come in there and steal some work. I don't think that's the case. So Josh Jacobs still fits for me. Um, not necessarily as an RB2, but I still like Kareem Hunt as an RB3, especially if you're in a PPR league. Um, I know he's not the main guy, but Cleveland is that one outfit in the NFL where both guys pretty well week in, week out are going to be on the field. And if you're in the PPR, Kareem Hunt can still get you some catches. And then if you want to dig a little lower, uh, because I, I think there are guys in the third, fourth, and even fifth round, I think Chase Edmonds is going to be the guy in Arizona. I know James Conner is there, and they're saying there's a competition, but I think Chase Edmonds is the guy. Um, depending on when you draft, you may get him at a discount if we find out he gets that job in arizona you're drafting late august forget about it and then the other guy and it's kind of similar to the case i made for josh jacobs it's melvin gordon in denver who is a huge discount right now and everybody's moved on to javante williams he's the rookie he's going to be the guy i still think melvin gordon is good for your first half of the season um and if he performs i think he can hold off javante williams everybody's moved on to the bright new shiny toy i get it but melvin gordon right now uh, will be a catching option, will be a receiving and rushing option, will be a touchdown option still for the Denver Broncos. And you can get him post-fifth round right now, which uh, I, I think is a total bargain. Yeah, no, I agree with you. We're talking with Kyle L. Frank from uh, Sirius XM Radio, the Fantasy Drive. You can catch it, check your listings for that. Uh, let's stay with running back since since we're here. There are two guys, uh, we mentioned a lot of guys, but there are two guys that I'm, you know, uh, fourth, fifth, sixth round that I really like, and I really like because I don't know who their competition is. And those two guys are Mike Davis and Miles Gaskin. Uh, you look at you look at uh, uh, Atlanta, I, I know Julio Jones isn't there anymore. Uh, we all think Kyle Pitts is the next messiah of fantasy football. We'll see, <laughs> we'll see how that works out. But they still have – a lot of offensive weapons there. And by the way, Mike Davis was really, really good last year and caught a bunch of balls while uh, McCaffrey was out. And then you look to uh, Miami, and, and nobody likes Miles Gaskin, but except seemingly the Miami Dolphins, who <laughs> went out of their way not to draft any help or any competition for him uh, this year. What are your view on those two guys? I, I'm perfectly comfortable with either one of those guys being my two or three if I decide to go in a different direction. You know, I'm a huge believer in quantity is king when it comes to running backs. And both those guys you mentioned, I'm not here to tell you Mike Davis is super talented. I'm not here to tell you that Miles Gaskin is super talented. You know, if I were ranking talented running backs in the oh, NFL, sure. I doubt that either guy uh, would get into my top 30. <laughs> I really do. But 
They've got opportunity. They have quantity. You mentioned Atlanta. It was shocking to see them go through the NFL draft and not take a running back in the first four rounds. I was really surprised by that. Now, I wouldn't be surprised if somehow, someway, um, as we get into August, maybe they bring in a veteran hand. There are still running backs out there. There will be running backs let go. So I still think that's a possibility. But to your point, right now, it is Mike Davis's show. Uh, there, there's nobody else on that roster that figures to get much work. And, you you know, even if you say there is, I challenge you to predict which of the four guys behind Mike Davis that's going to be. Nobody knows. Nobody has any idea who those guys are behind Mike Davis. So he did show last season with Carolina filling in for Christian McCaffrey that he knows how to be a running back. He knows how to catch the football. He knows how to find the holes. Um, there are some advanced statistics out there that really love Mike Davis. I think he's good because of the quantity. It's not an argument that Mike Davis is going to go off and just rule the world. The argument is he's getting the opportunity. And the same thing with Gaskins in Miami. Now, that one's a little more worrisome for me. Gaskins had some issues staying on the field in the past, and we saw that last season. And then I still kind of wonder about exactly what we're getting into with the Miami Dolphin offense. Um, they, They just seemed to show no consistency last year, and a lot of that was because of the quarterback back and forth with Fitzpatrick and Tunga Vailoa. Uh, now you bring in some fresh receivers. I, I almost think Gaskin can be a, a really good part if the offense moves forward. But if it stays level or even takes a step back, and that is possible, um, I think Gaskin could, could be a mess. Now, what you're arguing about is totally worthwhile, taking him as your RB3. I mean, gosh, if you get him as your RB4, that, that is an absolute risk worth taking. But if I were to stack the two head-to-head, I like Davis just a bit more than Gaskin. I'm a little more certain about that Atlanta offense than I am about the Dolphins offense. All right. So, obviously, running back central to fantasy football, something that, if you're smart, you you make a focal point. Uh, Personally, something that I pride myself on and has worked largely throughout the course of the last few seasons. I had Mahomes before he blew up. I had Lamar Jackson before he blew up. And inevitably, there's always a quarterback who ascends from being a ninth through 11th round pick to next year being a third or fourth round pick or higher. (laughs) Who is your guy that you're looking at to potentially be that one in 2021? Well, to your point, you got them before they took off, and that's the key here, finding them before, because now those guys cost you a ton. And once they reach, you know, top one, top three, top four, like both Mahomes and Jackson are, to me it doesn't make sense to draft them. Now if you look at, okay, well, who is that next guy? I am not a believer in Jalen Hurts. Personally, I'm not. But he has the type of game that could cause him to ascend to next year being a four or five pick overall at the QB position. Why is that? Well, simply put, it's because he runs the football. <laughs> you know, that's, I, I'm not a believer in Jalen Hurts as a passer. I'm just not. Sorry. Um, and, and I'm not really a believer. Well, I shouldn't say this because last year, Doug Peterson, so on and so forth, all of that, maybe they will find a way to make adjustments. Um, they won't have the wind shadow hanging. But with Jalen Hurts for me, right now he's going as a QB1. That's still rich for me. I'd much rather take the certainty. My, my goal at QB is not to find the next guy. It's just to find a guy for me this year that's going to be a QB1. And there's loads of QBs. We talk about this every year. I mean, the QBs go 20, 22 deep. Now, if you're going to go beyond Hurts, who could be a guy that jumps up and next year we're saying, wow, can you believe he's a QB1? I think Carson Wentz has a good chance to rebound in Indianapolis. He costs you nothing. I mean, the guy's going as a 17th, 18th QB off the board. Um, if you want to get younger and you're bored by, by long in the tooth QBs, Joe Burrow is in a great situation. Mm -hmm. You couldn't ask for more talent around him. The offensive line has improved. He has a running back. He has three wide receivers. 
that's an awesome situation. He's going to cost you more than Wentz, but I think that's a guy who still has upside of like a 35-touchdown season and certainly, you know, 4,500 yards or something to that level. We saw that last season for Burrow. Obviously, the injury coming off the knee, the, the knee surgery, but all signs point to him being set, ready to rock and roll in, in week one. So if you can get him even as the you know, 11th, 12th QB off the board, if we were saying, okay, Burrow or Hurts, and right now Hurts is going ahead of Burrow in ADP, I, I'd much rather select Burrow than a guy like Jalen Hurts. I'm going to give you one, and you, one of you may laugh at me. I mean, I think that Tannehill has some upside this year. He he does, but but I get he's it. Derek but he's, Henry's still a fixture and all that. No, no. I I, I mean, look, Tannehill's one of those guys. But Tannehill, I think Tannehill is is where he is. He's going to be the ninth, tenth mm-hmm. ranked every year, always because of Derek Henry. But you can't argue. I mean, adding Julio Jones. Right. I mean, if he's healthy and on the field, who has a better wide receiver combination in the NFL? Um, than them and, uh, you know, A.J. Brown and uh, and company. But I I, I kind of wrote something uh, the other day, and I like Sam Darnold this year a <laughs> yeah, whole no. bunch. I was, I was saying yeah. the whole time you were talking, <laughs> that, that is exactly who I was thinking. I, I, I look I at this <laughs> offense, yep. and I look at what the Carolina Panthers did along, you know, with free agency on their offensive line to improve it. Mm-hmm. And I look at Sam Darnold, and I go back to my evaluation coming out of college. And, yep. and I, I'm going to discount a little bit everything. What do you mean? Adam Gase has had such success I'm with di- I'm going to discount everything that happened up till now because I think this kid only 24 can, years old, can right? be a good quarterback, yeah. and he's got weapons everywhere. And – by accident, he should complete 90 passes to McCaffrey, okay? So there, and 1,000 yards. Now, you take that, and then you look at, you know, Robbie Anderson. Okay, Darnold can throw the deep ball. You look at D.J. Moore. Okay. You you look at the the running backs, uh, the tight end situation. Who do they have as their type, main tight end? Uh, Is they it brought, Ian Thomas still? They, they, they have Ian Thomas. They brought in uh, Dan Arnold. They brought uh-huh. in – they drafted Tremble, who, who's a move tight end. They drafted Terrace Marshall. I think – and their defense isn't going to be great, so they're going to have opportunity. I know it's weird, and I know you're not going to draft him as your QB1, but if I'm going to take a flyer on a guy that's absolutely you can get in free agency that I'm taking at the end of every one of my drafts right now, especially in best ball leagues, it's Sam Darnold for me, and the fantasy world can laugh at me later. I don't hate I, it. I won't laugh at you. I won't <laughs> laugh at you. And and you, you guys touched on Adam Gase. The offensive mastermind um, <laughs> that Adam Gase was supposed to be when he, oh my gosh, he had Peyton Manning. Wow. Oh, yeah. you, you're brilliant. Yes. You know, and he's been living off that for eight years and, and now it's over. We've all moved on. But Matt Rule, who Sam Darnold goes to, I, I think that is a very underrated um, offensive mind. I mean, getting Kyle what Brady they got well. out of that, you know, getting what they got out of that offense without Christian McCaffrey, with Teddy Bridgewater as your yep. QB, yep. Um, that was year one. I mean, you go back to the college days, and I'm not saying what works in college will always work in the pros. I mean, look no further than Cliff Kingsbury. But I feel a lot better about that rule than Cliff Kingsbury. And I think Darnold is a guy they targeted, and I think that's a guy they want. You mentioned the age. He's still incredibly young. I'm glad they got him out of New York when they did before he got totally beat down. Um, I think that is a good play. Now, the last thing to throw in on Darnold, 
I'm looking at ADP right now. This guy's barely inside the top 30. So, <laughs> mm-hmm. you know, people may may be listening to us now in early July, and seven weeks from now they're sitting at their draft table like, ah, I remember those guys talking about Sam Darnold. Um, I'm going to make him my QB2. Yep. If you do that, make sure your QB1 yeah. is a lock-solid QB1. Correct. Correct. And make sure you're not taking Sam Darnold until the last round of your draft. Yep. Seriously, it, no, maybe the, the energy picks up on Sam Darnold over the next seven weeks, but sometimes we fall in love with the idea of this guy could be a breakout, and, I'm gonna, and we take him way too early. And, and I think that's the fear, especially at quarterback, is we all have our guys we like, but we just take them too early. So the league needs to be in the right situation. Your draft spot needs to be in the right, but your general idea about Darnold, I love it. Um, if he's drafted as the 28th QB in your league and finishes as the 10th, um, it'll be surprising, yeah. but it won't be stunning at all this year. Yep. Yep. Well, Kyle, uh, appreciate you taking the time for us this morning, sir, and uh, thanks for your insight on fantasy football as we start to zero in on guys that we might be looking to draft. Uh, look forward to uh, seeing how this all plays out in the future, man. Thank you again for joining us. I love how the trio of us are all backing Sam Darnold <laughs> to the funk it. <laughs> you guys have a great weekend. Okay? You, too. you too. Thanks, man. man. Take it easy. There he goes, Kyle Elfrink from SiriusXM, giving us a little bit of insight as to how he's approaching the 2021 fantasy football season as we're starting to uh, move it up our list of priorities, which is always a fun time of the year. I'm only doing uh, six best ball leagues right now. Look at right you. Now. We call that growth, Casey. I know. Call that growth. Only six. Fewer no, than, at the moment. Fewer than 60. I've, yeah. I've, already, I've already done like 25, but oh, I have okay. six going at the moment. Not sure we call that growth. Then. It's a little bit. I'm, I'm behind last year's pace. Fair enough. Uh, today's show has been brought to you by Toyota. Make the most out of every day in a Toyota RAV4. Available in hybrid or gas-only models, a RAV4 can get you where you want to go in style. Check out buyatoyota.com for deals on new RAV4s from your local Toyota dealer. We are winding down on the course of this program. It's been a fun show. Thank you, KZ, for joining us today. And, uh, of course, at the end of every show, we end it with a tidbit of the day. And tidbit of the day is brought to you by the fine folks at Great Ace Memorabilia. As I mentioned prior, coming up Sunday, July 25th, celebrate the return to training camp with a crab feast featuring Baltimore Red Dresser Tyus Bowser at Jimmy's Seafood. Your $108 VIP ticket gets you just about everything you could ever imagine and then some. You get a crab feast with Maryland steamed crabs. You get a buffet of Jimmy's Seafood favorites. You get an open bar, which uh, some people can make worth more than $108 by itself. And your VIP meet and greet autograph opportunity with Tyus Bowser. And also, as if that's not enough, the event benefits Casey Cares. As you know, it's going to a good cause and cannot be missed. So get your tickets now by going to great8smemorabilia.com. That's the number eight, great8smemorabilia.com. All right, tidbit of the day talked a lot of baseball this evening or this morning evening is to come later i yes. suppose yeah. uh the all-star game is in the future and of course the home run derby as well and a fixture in both of those events figures to be one shohei otani who is by far the most crazy story in all of maybe sports not just baseball Shohei has 32 home runs which of course we mentioned is the most for any international player non Dominican or from North or South America at this point in the season, the most actually for a Japanese-born player for an entire season, and there's still a little bit left to go. He has the most homers before the All-Star break since one Chris Davis in 2013. So would, that, would that be the Chris Davis or Our the other Chris, Chris Davis? Davis. <laughs> Our Chris Davis. 
Uh, the Angels, despite having both Shohei Otani and Mike Trout, still are about a 500 baseball team, but that's all right. They're still fun to watch. And Mike Trout, though he is hurt, is still, well, a marvel. He has the most wins above replacement of any player since 2003, despite the fact that he debuted in 2010. So uh, you can spot them seven years. Nobody's touching him. Since 2011, his 76 wins above replacement are 28 more than the second place player. Yeah, he's that good. KZ, I ask of you. (laughs) Can you name the four other players since 2011 who have accumulated a wins above replacement of 46 or higher? No. You can try. <laughs> uh, Altuve. Nope. It was a good guess. Uh, was it? It was. it was wrong. But it was a good guess. Yeah, sure. Oh, God. Um, judge. No, he's only been playing since like 2015 or 16. So, oh, it's cute. You're gonna want a little longevity, yeah. Since 2011. 2011. Not in one season. I mean, oh, like, oh, total. Oh, okay, okay. Since 2011. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, I know this is a really weird one, but how about Nelson Cruz? Nope, he's a DH. It's gonna be tough for him to get that. Yeah, I think about some defense being involved here as well. See, you, you, you with your your new My age logic, stats, you know, yeah. your new age stats, and I don't even know how you calculate this. I will say, two of the four, two of the four are first basemen. Two of the four that doesn't help me. It should. It doesn't. Um, Abreu. Nope. Pulhos. Nope. We could do this all day. I'm not going to get any of them. You might. I mean, name some really good baseball players. I just did. I named six of them. I'll give you the positions. There's an outfielder, two first basemen, one second baseman. Second baseman. Hmm. Should jump off. Baez. Nope. It's kind of a shortstop also. I'm sorry. I know more about baseball than you do. You do. Especially now. I've done enough tidbits in my life where I I got some fun facts stored Uh, away. These are are good. Um... Mike Schmidt, no, I'm kidding. Um, <laughs> He's a third baseman, wasn't he? He was. Yeah. I was just, I was just throwing out good baseball players. Bo Jackson, um, outfielder, uh, Bryce Harper. No. Okay, I'm done guessing. All right, you suck. The number two on this list, Mookie Betts, forty-eight point three wins above replacement. That's a good one since that span. Number three on that list, that will tied for third. The two first basemen with forty-six point three are Joey Votto and Paul Goldschmidt. Yeah, because they're not good right now, I probably wouldn't have come up with them. Well, the, 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 speaking of not as good right now as he once was, the fourth and final player rounding out this list with 46 wins at above replacement or more is the second baseman, Robinson Cano. Oh, never would have gotten him. So, there you have it. That's how good he was early on. I know, right? I mean, he was really good. I mean, he was really good. He was. He wasn't. I don't even know where he plays now. He's in New York, isn't he? Is he still in, in New York? I think he is. Yeah. Okay, good. All right, and winding down, finally, Totally Tubular. Totally Tubular is brought to you by C3 American Exteriors. Call C3 American Exteriors to get roof and siding repairs for the cost of your home insurance deductible. Do not let the insurance industry get one over on you. Call C3 at 410-401-9797 or go to C3America.com for a free analysis. A lot 
on the docket this weekend as it pertains to both sports and non-sports. Not quite as much non-sports, oh, but there certainly is a lot of sports. tonight. Sun- Sunday's a big day. It is indeed. Tonight <laughs> at 7 o'clock on Masson, you've got White Sox and the Orioles squaring off. And a neat story it is. Uh, Larry Sheets' son, Gavin Sheets, yeah, debuted yeah. with the White Sox about a week and a half ago. We had him on last week, and he's played certainly well enough to well. earn a spot on the roster maintaining. So he's returning home. To Camden Yards to play in front of a home crowd where I'm sure he'll have a lot of support. Uh, that's Dallas Keuchel versus Jorge Lopez on the mound. Uh, Masson 2 has Nationals Giants at 945. MLB Network, Cardinals Cubs at 2. Yankees Astros at 8. YouTube's doing a Reds Brewers broadcast at 8. Some WNBA action on CBS Sports Network tonight at 7 as the Atlanta Dream take on the Connecticut Sun. On NBA TV, the New York Liberty and Indiana Fever square off at 7. On ESPN, this is actually going on or was right already now. going on. Yeah, uh, Madison or Matteo Berrettini he won. and Hubert Hersach already played, and Berrettini will go on to face who we presume would be Novak Djokovic. Who, who is, is down in the first set, by the down way. Down in the first set to Shapovalov, the Canadian fella. And knowing Djokovic, he'll figure that out. But yeah. it would be interesting if he didn't. And that's ongoing currently. Uh, a little bit of soccer action. The Copa America third place match between Peru and Colombia is this evening at 8 o'clock. Woo-hoo. The Golf Channel, if you want to see if you might catch Drew Forrester on TV, watch the U.S. Senior Open round two that starts at 1 o'clock. So maybe Drew will be done by then. Who knows? Uh, that's followed by the PGA John Deere Classic round two. Tour de France has already happened, so forget that. Uh, there's an exhibition between Nigeria and USA Basketball tonight on NBC Sports Network at 8 o'clock, if you're so inclined. As far as non-sports goes, tonight, uh, Discovery Channel Shark Week continues when sharks attack at 8 and world's most dangerous shark at 9. I don't know. Uh, there's a comedy special on Showtime, uh, Pete Lee. I'm unfamiliar, but that's at 9 o'clock on Showtime. Tomorrow night, White Sox or uh, tomorrow afternoon. Oh, that uh, complicates my plans a little bit. Maybe I won't be going to that game. Uh, tomorrow afternoon <laughs> is White Sox-Orioles at 4 o'clock. That's uh, Lucas Giolito and Thomas Eshelman. Uh, Masson has Nationals-Giants at 4. And then there's Blue Jays-Rays at 1 o'clock on MLB Network, followed by Diamondbacks-Dodgers, not immediately, but later on at 10 o'clock. Uh, the A's and Rangers are playing at 4 on Fox Sports 1. Then you have the Copa America Final, which is Argentina and Brazil squaring off. At 8, and then the CONCACAF Gold Cup, Mexico and Trinidad and Tobago square off at 10. Uh, Yankees Astros on Fox, 7.15 if you care. Uh, Fox Sports 2, the CONCACAF Gold Cup features El Salvador and Curacao at 5. The uh, Wimbledon Women's Final tomorrow morning at 9 a.m. is Ashley Barty and Carolina Pliskova square off. Uh, U.S. Senior Open round 3 is tomorrow at 4. We hope Drew's still participating. Fingers crossed. The ESPYs are on ABC at 8 o'clock Oh, tomorrow. thank God. You Everyone's finally, been waiting. You finally got to something I'm definitely going to watch. Everyone's been waiting. Uh, come Sunday, we've got White Sox-Orioles, the last of that series at 1 o'clock. Dylan Cease faces a to-be-named starter for the Orioles. The MLB Futures game is on MLB Network at 3 o'clock, as there will be two Orioles, Adley Rutschman and, uh, I forget his first name, the but pitcher. Diplon, the yeah. reliever from Norfolk, who people were a bit surprised to see on the roster. Good for him. Stunned. That'll be 3 o'clock. Masson, two as Nationals Giants at four TBS, Yankees Astros, as if we haven't seen enough of them. Two o'clock. Uh, finals, game three, eight o'clock on ABC on Sunday night. And the men's final for Wimbledon uh, remains to be seen who it will be, but that will be at 9 a.m. Of course, that will also feature ESPN as quite a day Sunday. Yes. The Euro 2020 final between England and Italy at three, and then at seven. 
Both ESPN and the MLB Network will have round one coverage of the MLB draft. Most important moment for Orioles fans this weekend, for sure. All right. The Gold Cup, CONCACAF, Canada, Martinique, 8-6-30 on Sunday. Uh, the men's national team will play Haiti at 9. Uh, Non-sports, some highlights here. There's a new HBO show, if anyone's interested, called The White Lotus. Didn't have time to figure out what it's about, but they, they do good work, so it probably will be all right. Uh, Shark Week continues, maybe the final night of Shark Week, and they do have something that I will be recording. At 10 o'clock, Jackass Shark Week happens. For those of you who remember Jackass and uh, Wild Boys, the folks, Chris Pontius, Steve-O, Johnny Knoxville, will be doing something in concert with Discovery Channel, which will likely be the funniest thing they air all week. And If a, uh, if a shark doesn't bite somebody, I'm really going to be disappointed. <laughs> uh, nostalgia will not allow me to miss that one. I'll be sure to have that set on the DVR as well. On uh, Showtime, The Shy, 9 o'clock, Black Monday, 9.55. Flatbush, Misdemeanors at 10.30. Jesus and Miro at 11. And then Stars, Run the World at 8.30. Little Birds at 9.30. And that will do it. Uh, today's show, as always, was brought to you by the Press Box. Print edition and the latest edition of Press Box is available now on the cover. Luke Jackson profiles top Orioles pitcher John Means in the role new pitching coach. That's an old read. I lied. This is an old one. I don't know why Glenn did that. On the cover is Talia Tongavailoa, the quarterback for the Maryland Terrapins. He, of course, will be central to an uh, interesting and exciting season for Maryland football as they have legitimate hopes to make some noise in the Big Ten this season. Pressbox is available for free at over 500 area locations, including 60 Royal Farm stores, and you can always find the entire edition as well as the best daily coverage of the Orioles, Ravens, and Terps at PressBoxOnline.com. All right. I guess that about does it. It sounds like it. KZ, thank you for sitting in today and also for next week. I look forward to the rest of our shows. Yeah, so much fun today. I'm going to come back for more. Exactly. Uh, Looking forward to Monday where we will be reacting to the MLB draft, whoever it is the Orioles add. We will do our best to add a little context to that whole discussion, and we'll do a little bit of that throughout the course of the early portions of next week as they continue to draft and select new players to add to the system, assuming that they sign. Um, there will be other things as well, so uh, looking forward to all of that. Uh, a thank you to all of our sponsors and partners, the U.S. Army, Glory Days Grill, Window Nation, Royal Farms, Chesapeake Employers, of course, we are broadcasting from the Chesapeake Employers Insurance Studio here at PressBox, ExxonMobil, KNS Automotive, C3 American Exteriors, Great Ace Memorabilia, Sports and Social MD, the BMW Championship, the Brad Allen Nicky Bozeman Foundation, and your local Toyota dealers and buyatoyota.com. New episodes of Jobbing Out are online. Uh, There will also be a final episode of Courts of Thunder on Sunday when uh, Greg and Glenn get back in the studio to discuss all that happened in the weekend of Wimbledon and the new champions that have been crowned. But for myself and Ken Zales, you can find KZ on Twitter at FansFantasy for all of your fantasy football advice and musings. Uh, You can find me at K. Ottenheimer if you're so inclined and... uh, Everybody, we will see you on Monday. Go Birds. Duke sucks. Ohio State sucks, too.